we're back, man. Another episode of Dabs and Duke. Post, arguably, the best MCU project ever, some would say on this panel. And we have two very special guests. Introduce yourself, fellas. Um, I'm Austin, um, Marvel fan forever. Uh, oh, yeah. Recent MCU, like, Stan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, after Endgame, so I, I jumped in a little late, but uh, I've been deep diving and really just you know going through it. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm Matt, uh, Team Cap. Oh, <laughs> me and Jay have yes. some beef with you on that one, Matt. Yeah, also, <laughs> we gotta ask. We got, we gotta also we gotta ask. Do uh, I gotta do I gotta kick your butt again? <laughs> <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> Awesome. We ask, we ask all our guests. Um, are you uh, Civil War? Are you Team Cap or Team Team Iron Man? Team Cap. God oh, damn it! Yeah. Yet, me and Jeremy are both Team Iron Man. We've yet to find a guest. That... Wow. It's, it's it's funny too that you say it like that too, because I I feel like even when I was watching it, and this just might be like the way it came across to me, but I just always felt like they wanted people to be Team Cap, like just the way that the movie was positioned. I just really thought that was like like meant to be like, oh, here's here's the team that you're supposed to root for. And here's the team you're supposed to be like, eh, I don't know how it's going to play out. But yeah, no, Team Cap, for yeah. sure. I, I feel like on that point specifically, they called the movie Captain America, not mm -hmm. Iron Man or Avengers Civil War. So yeah. they yeah. told you their point of view up front. Yeah. Now, Jay has a very... Uh, propaganda. He's got, he's, got a, he's got an opinion about the uh, Spider-Man trilogy, Matt that he brought up to me the other day. Jay, you want okay. to say it? And I want right. to hear what you have to think about it, man. Right. Spider-Man has the best trilogy now. It's over for Captain America. <laughs> it's done. It's done. It's over. It's over. The first movie, granted, yeah. I realize it's, it's an importance in the canon of the MCU, but holy shit like <sighs> i get it i was just gonna say is it because of the first movie yeah oh right. like yeah like like homecoming is better than the first avenger for sure mm -hmm. i can uh i can endorse that yeah like even if the filmmaking of it aspect of it isn't as good like it's still entertaining at the very least you know so yeah. personally i just feel like the spider-man movies are just like such a breath of fresh air in the MCU and yeah. with No Way Home being just everything I've literally wanted for years, especially in the Spider-Man product, I'm just like, give it the crown, man. I'm I'm ready to just crown it now. Yeah, I would I would say uh, No Way Home outside of the two most recent Avengers movies is by far the most ambitious movie in the MCU, bigger than Civil War. 100%, absolutely. And it sticks it. It succeeds. I can't Stay. tell you the sound I made when I saw Toby pull up. Like <laughs> I sounded like a Try girl. It. It's an audio. <laughs> this the podcast is an audio experience. Try it. <laughs> no, I couldn't possibly, man. It's just so hard <laughs> to duplicate. But yeah, let's just dig into it, man. So, what were you guys' initial reactions during the movie and when you let it marinate? Uh, so I'm I'm a crier during movies. Um, I 
and I'm a crier when I reflect on movies that I cried about. So uh, I, I, I cried when Aunt May died. Where mm-hmm. there's like a spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll put it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, First of all, if you're listening to this and not expecting spoilers, you're an idiot. You're right. Yeah, come that's, on, that's on them. But I just don't want anybody <laughs> mad at me for their mistake. Yeah. Um, but uh, I cried when Aunt May died. I didn't cry uh, when um, Doctor Strange put the multiverse back together, but I did cry when I thought about it the next day. So I only cried one yeah. time. It was when Andy Garfield, even though it was the most predictable moment in the whole movie, it was when Andy Garfield went and saved MJ. Yeah. Only time. <laughs> that was good. Yep, I agree. Is there anything this movie didn't give us? Like, I'm trying to think about it. Like, there's nothing that I didn't get after seeing it or wanted more of. I mean, there there were some things that I was like, eh, I wish they, you know, took a little longer with this or, you know, little things, but there was nothing that I really felt like we didn't get with this movie that we've just been all wanting for so long with this character. The one thing so I think I we would... didn't get, do you want to go, Matt? No, you, you go first, Adam. All I right. thought we'll say the same thing. Um, the one thing I wanted to see was Tom Hardy face off against Tom Holland, and we're just not getting that. And Tom Hardy, unfortunately, with all his talent, is being relegated to the Sony-verse forever. <laughs> that was yeah. hilarious, that just that mid-credits um the post credit scene of venom and the mid credit scene of this movie are purely to shit on venom like just to remind <laughs> you how bad venom is pretty much yeah um, the, my my critique was i didn't like um and i texted adam about this i didn't like that the well first of all i really liked how it started i liked that we immediately went in i, I start. it started i was like whoa like we're just going into this like okay um but when the daredevil scene came up like right in the beginning of the movie you know obviously we're all freaking out i just wish there was more than the what two minutes that he was in the entire movie if that maybe um or at least two minutes of dialogue and i understand why i think it was it was intentional um to tease us and 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 have us like start to think about it but i just really wish if if when they went with this, they took a little bit longer or had him, you know, pop up in different, you know, moments of dialogue throughout the movie as well, or so, something to keep him tied. Um, and that's the only thing I felt like they really didn't do um, with it. I have heard from leaks that there was like an extended like court sequence. Um, oh, great. Really, yeah. Like uh, that was like Matt Murdock, like flexing his uh, lawyer muscles. Um, but that didn't make okay yeah i mean let's let's get there eventually when it comes out you know then i'll you know i'll take it back but yeah i i that was the one thing i really just felt like was a little bit lacking um story story wise i feel like personally i think matt murdoch was in it the perfect amount i think i think the courtroom scene (laughs) i also heard about that leak um i think it would have been cool but I just think once you get into like the logistics of it, and then it, like I didn't, I feel like at that point they're like, let's just jump into Spider Man. Like this is a Spider Man movie. Yeah. We got Daredevil in it. He's confirmed in the MCU. We're supposedly gonna hear, find out this week on Hawkeye, whether or not the Daredevil series is canon. Um. So so I think, I think they will. Like I mean, they've got plenty of time to to mesh Daredevil into the MCU more. 
I just think that scene yeah. did what it needed to do. Like putting his face on the screen, getting him to talk, getting him to reference like Mysterio and Tony Stark and other MCU stuff, having him catch that brick, which was one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. Um, if you think about it, that's perfect. pretty much the only thing that's substantial from that scene going forward. Like Peter's going to remember that he caught that. Remember he gave him that look. He was like, you know, how'd you do that? Yeah. That's going to be something he'll remember. And if Matt Murdock comes into his realm again, you know, he's going to have that memory of, you know, like there's something up. And I think that's going to be really cool to play off of. Um, but other than that, that dialogue was just um, not important for the rest of the movie, at least. Yeah, I feel like that scene, like many, many other scenes in the film, were just like fan service and I loved every bit of it. Yeah. This is the only instance in which I can think of Marvel doing something like this and it's fully fleshed out and people don't give a fuck about anything else. Any of the dialogue, like nobody cares. They just got to see Matt Murdock and every other Spider-Man. So, yeah. I, th- I think, um, uh, like, obviously I didn't want an entire movie of like Peter Parker battling the court system. Um, one <laughs> this like trilogy as a whole though i feel like um a lo- like each movie kind of sets up a specific thing for the sequel um and each uh sequel is like interesting um and good but it doesn't necessarily fulfill the promise of the movie that came for it so like the the post credit scene of homecoming is a score tease and that has gone literally nowhere um they this movie literally had five supervillains in it and scorpion wasn't one of them um and like uh far from home teases um peter's like it makes me far from home made me feel like it was going to be like a bigger arc of like i kind of hoped that mysterio wasn't dead and that mysterio would be like puppeteering whatever was going on in the sequel to far from home um and what we got in no way home i really liked so i'm not mad that we didn't get mysterio puppeteering uh spider-man's misery but um i feel like it was just like a quick 20 minutes to wrap up the stuff that was um uh kind of teased with the ending of far from home and then they were moving on to their little spider-verse movie which i mean they're the cause of the spider-verse movie is related to um excuse me to what happened in far from home but it's just like not necessarily where i pictured that movie going from that tease at the end of far from home well, i think given that they've got that other trilogy they've got like another trilogy they've got plenty of time to tie off all those other loose ends like i am anticipating a sinister six movie still i bet we'll get venom flash's version of venom i bet we'll get scorpion chameleon possibly tinkerer shocker and prowler as the six I because everybody thought this one was going to be it because there was, you know, the five big ones. And then, I mean, I guess if you count Venom as the sixth, but he didn't fight at all. But he's just chilling. Next with Danny Rojas. Danny yeah. Rojas. <laughs> just perfect. Just chef's kiss to that one. <laughs> but, um, my uh, earlier you asked like did you get everything you wanted from the movie and Adam, adam's thing was not my thing um 
I wanted just like an actual perfect recreation of the Spider-Man pointing it at himself meme, like in front of the truck in the alley and everything. Oh, you wanted perfect yeah, recreation. We didn't get it yeah. in front of the truck. Like full send. Um, but uh, I'm I'm something of a scientist myself. Was so good. Yeah. No, I want him. I want him in front of that. In front of the truck. NYPD truck. I actually didn't even catch it. Like I actually didn't even notice. Like I thought about it. There's something of a scientist like, oh, myself line. I I did not see the the pointing. Like when I oh the pointing. I, was, I thought you meant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you meant the was, the Norman line. Oh no 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 yeah yeah I I did know that one um I just wanted like it to be a little bit more apparent like if they did recreate it exactly like that would have been just like wow you know like <laughs> how, like I wouldn't have saw it coming I really wouldn't like I understand how popular that meme is and how late it would be but I really didn't see them doing it and that because it was a little bit different I didn't notice it right away um but once I saw the screen caps I was like yes like <laughs> thank God I'm not gonna I didn't pick up on that so either that's crazy yeah I missed it yeah. Um, I'm something of a scientist myself. I, I turned to my friend and I said, it doesn't matter what else happens in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) My brother, he is possibly the biggest Green Goblin fan I know. Well, no, I'll take that back. He's the biggest Willem Dafoe fan I know. And so he loves the Green Goblin because of that. So when he said that line, Matt just absolutely started freaking out it was hilarious um <laughs> but he uh yeah he loved that line um i freaked out because just how iconic that line is in the lore of spider-man now like in the fact that they just yeah. like let him say it they're like here we you got a perfect place for him to say this iconic line mm-hmm. i um earlier we were talking about the um maybe canonization of the netflix shows and i thought that um the way that this movie kind of pick and chose what it wanted to embrace from the Raimi and mark webb movies um is like a really good template for how they can like bring the netflix stuff in without having to bring any of the netflix baggage because um like they straight up made fun of the Raimi and mark webb movies in this movie yes Um, and it was really really funny um it was really really good uh, and um, Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire are good sports about it. Yeah, for sure. People are saying that Garfield did some of his best acting in this movie than he did the other Spider-Man movies. Hundred yeah, percent. I honestly, 100%. hot take. I think he was the best of the three. I agree. I agree with you. Well, I, I was talking. I, I rewatched, like I said, I rewatched Amazing Spider-Man two uh, last week, and um, the again the movie has lots of problems but andrew garfield is not it i think that like um literally just from like an acting pedigree i think that he is by a pretty wide margin the best actor that's ever played spider-man in live action he's just uh he's just in bad movies um but literally just like you look at their whole bodies of work and um I've never, I don't think I've ever seen Tobey Maguire in something that I was like, wow, that was really great. Except for um, the fake trailer at the beginning of Tropic Thunder. He was great in that. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tom Holland's career is still really young. Um, he's still really young. So there's a lot of time left for him to grow. But uh, 
I, I think that Andrew Garfield is probably the best actor. And I would say that Emma Stone is the best actress that has ever played a Spider-Man. Love interest, but mm. is also very, very good in this movie. Yeah, I noticed that I haven't seen any of Garfield's Spider-Man films, but I thought it was interesting that he kind of had like a rom-com spin on Spider-Man. Like you have Holland being the young, yippie, naive Spider-Man. You have Toby being like the weirdly old, trying to be young <laughs> Spider-Man. Then you have Andrew Garfield who's kind of like this sappy guy who just like is unsure of himself so i feel like that's a really fresh twist on you know spider-man as we know it found it to be really interesting i think they did super like well in terms of redeeming andrew garfield's version of spider-man because like andrew garfield himself has gone on record saying that he he knows that those movies that like they're not good and like he that people don't love them and I think in this movie, they really redeemed that version of the character because they showed what Andrew Garfield can do with it. And they showed like even the scene where where Andrew Garfield, like he's saying like, wow, you guys are so cool and I suck. Like, I feel like that was written for him. Like, because like then then they, like Toby starts like consoling him saying like, you're amazing, you're amazing. Yeah. Like, I think that was written like for Andrew Garfield to let him know that like he's he's great and he was he killed it in that movie definitely um jay you mentioned the kind of like rom-coms been in um the amazing spider-man movies the director of that mark webb was before the amazing spider-man was most famous for directing 500 days of summer so ah made 500 days of summer a superhero movie (laughs) (laughs) interesting hmm I hope yeah. we get continuations of these characters. You know, like I, the more I think about it, I'm like, where could they be plucked and dropped if they were to be in MCU again? I, I, I kind of don't think it's going to happen, you know, at least anytime soon. I think we'll get them um, if we get them in their own, you know, separate thing. Um, one thing that was they were talking about with the new Spider-Verse, um, you know, there's going to be one of these Spider-Men in there um, that, you know, they they publicly said that um, I I personally don't really know who it could be. You know, if I think about it, it would make the most sense to put Andrew Garfield in that position and he would be in the Spider-Verse. Um, and, you know, the way he was not like snapped, because I that's not the right word, but like the way they, you know, disappeared out of there mm-hmm. um, at the end, you know, really there is a lot of room for them to be like, well, you know, did they send them back to the correct universe? You know, if they did, you know, what would that be like? Because in Doc Ock's universe, he's dead or, you know what I mean? Like he obviously couldn't go back there because then that would be a whole other, you know, separate issue. He'd probably be like arrested right away or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. Um, and, and there's room for, you know, these characters to be accidentally plucked in the wrong universe. And if they did that with the Spider-Verse and made it, you know, Andrew Garfield, you know, that would be lit. Um, I would hope for a continuation movie um, on their own for each of the characters. Um, you know, but who knows if we're going to get that. I don't think Toby's going to come back. I think that yeah. was probably it for him. Um, but Andrew well, Garfield... If you were to take him, it would, it would make sense that it wouldn't be Toby. You know what I mean? Like, and then obviously, it, is it Holland? Not, probably not, right? Like, but in this we all saw... Yeah, we all saw what's going to happen with him, um, or at least we can speculate what's going to happen with him, but, you know, he's not in the Spider-Verse, like, 
unless something you know changes after this um you know it wouldn't make sense for it to be him either mm-hmm. i was gonna say that i couldn't picture the mcu choosing to make spider-verse canon but i also didn't picture them choosing to make um the raimi and amazing spider-man movies canon so yeah. they'll make it canon honestly if it up until this movie it was undoubtedly their best movie ever made for marvel this one in my opinion challenges it um so i i can see them 100 making a canon even if it's through two back channels like if they send toby or andy to the spider-verse movie following the events of no way home it's just like okay you plucked this character from this old movie put him in no way home and then send him to another new movie yeah all this is just like like Matt Foot was saying, canonization and fucking censure. Like, did the multiverse being open gives them free game for pretty much anything they want to happen without excuse. And it's it has its advantages, and sometimes with it being somewhat convoluted, it has its drawbacks. But so far, they're really nailing it. And um. I just want to come for a circle because I want to go back to the Green Goblin thing with Adam because Adam had a hot take. He told me yesterday. Oh. The floor is yours, sir. All right. So I said, Jeremy kind of like led me to this point. Honestly, right after he came out of it, he was hyping up Willem Dafoe's portrayal so much. And I said, the Green Goblin currently is the best MCU villain. I put him above Thanos. You gotta. I know that's a hot take. I know that's probably <laughs> one of my hottest takes. I'm putting him above Thanos. It's so hot, I'm sweating. Dude. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, I'm, not so saying, I'm not saying in terms of cosmic, you know, like repercussions. He's not like the big, like, God, but Willem Dafoe, like, the scene when he's just smiling like spider-man keeps punching him in the face and he's just still smiling at him like he like the way he portrayed that character and the way he portrayed him 20 years ago like it's just it's been such a perfect character since the jump and it's still such a perfect character and they could not have gotten anybody better to play yeah so i think that if you said that Willem Dafoe's performance as the Green Goblin is the best performance of an MCU villain. That's what I'm saying. In an MCU movie. Okay. I thought you meant like just straight up, like which villain makes you most excited? Um, like for me, uh, it in No Way Home, I'm not complaining about this. It's fine. But like a lot of the other villains in No Way Home had a specific motivation for what they were trying to do seemed like green goblin just wanted to fuck shit up that's Uh, why i love him so i you know uh that's not super exciting for me personally Uh, like the motivation it's exciting yeah but um so i would say like thanos's like story is more interesting but willem defoe's performance is no wild super good yeah i i i don't know i just like the cat like that's why i like the heath ledger joker so much like I just like the chaotic, like, I feel like every story is always like, oh, this villain needs to have a motivation. But like when the villain doesn't have a motivation and it's just like their own insanity that's driving them. I always really like that as like a premise for the villain because it's just like, 
they're just going around fucking shit up for no reason. They're just mm-hmm. doing it to do it, to do stuff. Yeah. See, that's an interesting comparison um, between Heath Ledger's Joker and this character because I I, I think about it the same way. I, I, I really see something about the Joker as a character in Green Goblin in this movie. Um, I don't know if like the I'm wording that right, but there's just something about the way that he like felt things and acted it out and expressed the way he was thinking. And like, you could never really tell, like obviously the movie was meant to mislead you and thinking, oh, you know, maybe he is this, you know, defenseless, you know, man, you know, mm-hmm. what could he do? And then obviously we know that he can do a lot uh, very quickly um, to this character, but I just was just shocked with the depth just off the jump with this character um, in comparison to the others. So yes, I, I do agree, probably the best Spider-Man villain. Um, and, and it's because of his portrayal. Um, I mean, the character is great itself. Like the, the costume, the classic costume, just unbelievably scary, just always has been just amazing. This new costume, you know, it's okay. It's more comic accurate. I appreciate it. But there's just something about the classic character that melded with this new character that was so interesting and just fresh um, in this in this darker Spider-Man, you know, era that I feel like we're being led towards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, you, you were talking about um, him being kind of a defenseless man. And I think that Norman Osborn in this movie was a defenseless old man um, versus obviously Green Goblin is dichotomy and i think that this movie actually um with uh willem dafoe having 20 years to reflect on the way that he played that character the first time um and with the studios having lots of time um to think about the character and what motivates them i think that they're able to do something really cool um and willem dafoe was able to embrace a different aspect of the character because i really felt like um there was like certain visual cues um with like when he was talking to himself um that remind you of the way that was presented in the Raimi films but they also kind of took it um added a new dynamic to it I think from my perspective Mm -hmm. that I thought it was done better in this movie than it was in even his starring role in the first Spider-Man movie Hmm. sorry I was um like uh moving around so much during that I'm in my practice space and there was somebody coming down the hall so I was trying to make my (laughs) microphone not pick them up Hopefully, hopefully nobody's about to start playing drums because then I'll have to. Right. <laughs> yeah, then we're fucked. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's very good insight. I, I didn't even think about the comparison of performances, but I, I, I could agree to that for sure. Um, Heath Ledger's Joker was a, a big touching point for me too of like a villain that is a villain just because being a villain is what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and I think it like plays a lot differently. Um uh because like Heath Ledger's Joker is supposed to feel like something that could exist in our world and I don't think that that is true of Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin (laughs) I think that like that's supposed to be like cartoon comic booky awesome but like larger than something that could fathomly be believed right yeah absolutely what do we think of the oh go ahead you go Jay I was just about to ask what do we think about the romantic arc of the film were we invested was did that kind of fall to the wayside what do we what do you think 
I think it's really hard for that to compete with Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire being back. Um, mm. Not because they did anything wrong with it, because I think that they actually did a better job of it in this movie than they did in Far From Home, and I think they did a pretty good job of it in Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it's that third act is definitely it definitely gets overshadowed. <laughs> um, but actually, I think that um, the scene where he goes to the diner is it's a very well acted, well written, well directed scene. Definitely. Uh, him uh, choosing to let them be happy is like, you know. That was awesome. I thought that that was such a good twist because typically they would follow the trope and be like, well, eventually down the road, he convinces her that, yo, like, you remember me. Please remember me. But the fact that he chose to just let them rock, <laughs> like, live out their lives, they managed to MIT. And he's following in the footsteps of Toby and Andrew, where they're just in a single apartment, probably paying obnoxious rent and fighting crime. It's just, it's beautiful. It comes full circle. So I really appreciate that aspect. Yeah, He's got the new suit that he made himself. Yeah. The, 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 the first suit since the sweatsuit that isn't, that he like, that he a hundred percent made for, like obviously he designed that one in Far From Home, but mm-hmm. that was still with Stark technology. This oh. is like a hundred percent organic Spider-Man. Yeah. He's, He's separated at this point. Like they're really pushing him on this like street level spire, like neighbor friendly neighborhood Spider-Man arc. Um, and we were talking a, a bit about um, where this is leading um, his character. And I mean, there's so many directions they can go, but it's basically a soft reboot um, that led us to what we expected it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like when we heard there, you know, Marvel's making a Spider-Man movie. You know, obviously with Civil War, you know, we kind of were like, oh, like that's, you know, and there was a huge debate, like, is he a good Spider-Man? Is he not? Like, why would, you know, he's he's young, he's, you know, he's this, he's that. But there's just something about the, the fact that it's so open now that's just going to be like even better uh, for us because then we're going to, you know, be like, you know, what even is going to happen? Um, they could do anything if they really wanted to. Um, and, and I'm hoping that it goes into a much more mature role. And I think that's the expectation with this college, you know, trilogy. Um, but yeah, I, I am very excited to see where this takes him on his solo journey since he is alone and he's doing it all himself. That's something we've yeah. never seen before. I know. Yeah. Well, I've heard theories that, and I think ultimately he will end up with MJ and I, I don't know where Ned's going. They may do the villain arc, but the, or they may not. I'm not 100% sure um, on that yet because that one line in the movie makes me think they might not do it, but then it also makes me think they could absolutely just run with it. But I hope they do it. I really do. But I, 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 bet, funny, he, so. I bet at the end of this next trilogy, he ends up with MJ, but I bet he also meets Gwen, and I bet he also meets uh, Black Cat along the way. And... I feel like MJ and Ned are both going to probably take a backseat for a little bit. Like, obviously his main mission is still getting his two friends back, right? Like his girlfriend and his best friend. Um, but bless you. Um, but I think there's still that uh, possibility that, you know, they don't know who he is. So absolutely 
somebody else could just come into the fold and take that spot because nobody knows who he is. Right, exactly. What if he pulls up on them like 10 years later and Ned opens the door and it's just him and MJ are like together? I was thinking <laughs> that. Like he was like, imagine that. I don't think, I think they're going to keep them just friends just because of the way they set up that diner scene. But like for a second in, in that scene, I was like, what if they are together like the whole like Toby figuring out that MJ and um, Harry are back together in Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3? I was like, what if uh, what if they do that? What if they go that way with it? Well, it, it, it makes sense that they wouldn't have such a clean transition. Like, you know, obviously we're, we're going to be expecting something to go wrong. Something about the way this resolves is not going to work out for him later. You know, mm-hmm. we, personally, I think it's going to be Ned becoming the Hobgoblin. I, I think it makes the most sense. Ooh. I mean, maybe MJ will die. That could be, you know, another thing. Maybe, you know, she, something will happen. But if you're going to look at split the two, I mean, it makes them, it makes, I think, us as fans, uh, want him to be with MJ at the end of this. We want that to work out. Um, but, and if that's going to happen, it would make sense that, you know, Ned would be, you know, the person that was caught in the crossfire of all this. Um, that makes sense. Maybe they don't do it that way. Um, I mean, Flash, there's a good possibility that Flash will, you know, become Agent Venom. You know, that that could be something that could happen and that could, you know, maybe he'll kill one of them or some something with the characters that we already know changing. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that, that was a, like a point that somebody pointed out. The one thing he kept from Ned at the end of the movie, like that represents Ned to him, is the Emperor Palpatine Lego. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people were speculating, they're like, if that now represents Ned, a, like an evil guy in a hood, like now represents Ned, like, is he going to become the Hobgoblin? Is he going to be like an evil guy in a hood? Yeah, is he gonna look like a scrotum in the head? <laughs> crazy. So, I think I think that I would have trouble taking Ned seriously as a villain. <laughs> yeah. I, too. I was like, how the hell am I gonna take him? Yeah, I thought that. Part of what I was wondering is, you know how like they'll train these actors to do like just amazing transformations to get into roles. I could really see them pulling um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that they just ca- uh, Will Poulter. Yeah. For, uh, mm. for Guardians, you know, Adam and I have had this conversation many times, but no one has looked at him and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to be like a buff ass super villain or a super character that's really just going to be everything that you guys want. And and if you said that five years ago when he looked how he did and acted how he did, you would not think that I could really see. And, and maybe that's just my hope that they just, you know, transform his character and it's something just so different and so like, like, like a just like a stark contrast of the other that we don't even think about it anymore hmm. it's like, like oh ned. remember when ned was you know this guy and now he's like this you know jacked like villain you know crazy guy you know he's just like such a goofy character though like the whole the thing that i found least believable about this movie was the sling ring with ned where he just accidentally opens up the portal mm-hmm. And well, does it multiple times. Doctor Strange had to go to Mount Everest to do that shit. They and, and, literally called out his sorcerer power so many times that yeah. I was just like, 
what like is is this like really gonna be his arc like is he about to be a sorcerer like what don't we know and you know they've said it so many times and it just happened so maybe like there's something there that we'll we'll see later but maybe not maybe that was just the the funny part of it you know i feel like we might see it later honestly somebody speculated because someone brought up like a comic storyline when ned was like the apprentice to baron mordo and i was like that that would be a unique way to go if they wanted Mm -hmm. to really keep going with this ned has magic fingers thing i think um (laughs) it's with like ned learning it so fast a, a big part of it is definitely convenience for the sake of the story. Right. Um, and then uh, not convenience when you can't open it at the per- the time. That they <laughs> yeah. Need. It's, you know, <laughs> to a certain degree with superhero movies, you kind of just got to let yourself have fun because if you nitpick everything or I, if you nitpick everything in any kind of movie and anything you're doing in your life, it's like you can make things so much less fun than just letting yourself have fun. But um, it's also, uh, you know, Stephen Strange was trying so hard to force um, himself to learn magic, um, and he uh, um, Tilda Swinton says you can't beat a river into submission, and he was trying to, so he had to learn to kind of let go first. Versus Ned is always letting go. Ned is right. super casual all the time. All the time. If we're um. I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. Can you guys hear the people that are rolling by outside of the door? Not really. Like every once in a while, but like not really. Like not. Mm-hmm. They're coming again. Um, <laughs> I thought it might be easier for me to move to my car. So you guys can definitely keep talking, but I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to switch to my phone and go to my car. And I'll okay. Back it's on fine. Yeah. Minutes. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Yeah, sorry. Like hope, you, hope you don't say anything super cool while I'm going. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. You're going to miss someone. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. See you in a second. But yeah, um, I, I totally agree with the nitpicking thing. You got to you gotta let yourself really just enjoy things as they are. Yeah. It's a superhero we've movie. Been conditioned. We've been conditioned to just look for every detail we can and you know, that's something that they set for us. And I appreciate it because it does make a lot of things more fun. Mm-hmm. But if you really go at some things, like there's definitely like potholes and you're like, oh, well, yeah, sure. like, how did that? Sure. Um, I'm going to save this question for when he comes back. But uh, I want to ask you guys, like, what about the comics and what about the character that we haven't seen? Do you either think is going to happen or do you want to happen going forward? Well, there is something. I think those are two totally different questions, but I, I, I think that we'll all pull something completely different and, and we just might all be right. Like at this point, they're yeah. giving us everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally anything's up for grabs. I agree. Well, they did reference. The thing I, I guess I want to see most, I feel like a lot of people want to see this most. And going into the college series, I feel like they have to introduce this. Um. And Jamie Foxx referenced it in this movie. And obviously Donald Glover plays his uncle in the first movie. But mm-hmm. Miles, I, I think my prediction yeah. for this movie was that Miles was going to at least be referenced in a post credit scene. And we did get the reference. Jamie Foxx says, like, Electro says, I like, you back here. Uh, yeah, he's one like, of the best lines, 
in the whole movie. <laughs> that was really funny. I laughed so hard. I was like, and everyone <laughs> stood up and clapped. Like it was one of those where, you know, it was an easy throwaway line, but it also was just like a huge moment of recognition for this character that we've all wanted for so long that we just have never gotten. Right. And then he's like, I, he's like, maybe there's a black Spider-Man out there. And I'm like, <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Garfield is Miles Morales. <laughs> 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 Ryan Gosling is Miles <laughs> Morales. Oh my god! Ugh. Awesome. Really we're, just, we're just being silly because <laughs> no, those Twitter jokes. They just have random actors play whoever, and like nobody needs to make sense of it. People are just like, "Yeah, I can see that." For sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I would love Ryan Gosling as Miles Morales in the next movie. Marvel make it happen. Let's do it. Um, no, but I, I did expect a, another Spider-Man in the post-credits. And, and that's something that I, I felt okay with leaving. I really thought it was going to happen. Um, and what I thought was going to happen was it was going to be a post-credits of Toby to wrap this up and him and with MJ and you know his daughter and spite and him and her being spider girl and you know the the new mm -hmm. possibilities of that um and, and and I do think it was probably a discussion that they're like hmm like maybe we should have you know this to wrap up Toby because we're never going to see him again and what I heard need the choice not to but you know that's mm -hmm. them what I heard is that they were going to kill Toby off originally and I heard that as like a spoiler ahead of time that Toby was going to die but the I knew he was is, getting stabbed. The, I knew he was getting stabbed. The second he grabbed the glider, I'm like, he's getting stabbed here. I know. I was like, he's done. And then, and yeah, that was another thing, I guess. And then he didn't die, and I was like, oh, I was happy with was that. He... No, I, yes, but I was like, well, then why do they stab him and make a whole thing out of it if he oh, wasn't gonna die? You know, the line when he's like, I've been stabbed before. Yeah, <laughs> That's so funny. So true. Amazing. That mad time. <laughs> but like, it's like he's so. Like, the rumor was he was supposed to die there, but they kept him alive. And the, the prevailing theory right now is that they do want to bring those two back for Secret Wars. Ooh. Ooh. I love that. See, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I don't know if I want to see them, either of them, in the MCU again. Like, if they go off, like, if, for instance, Toby falls to the Spider-Verse and Andrew goes to the Sony-Verse and becomes their Spider-Man again. I'm cool with both of those things, but I, I don't know. I kind of want this to be like their one appearance in the MCU. I want it because I feel like it's less special the more you start to put them in movies more. Yeah, you want to savor the moment. I get it. Yeah. I think if this next series, like we, we got to have Felicia Hardy, Black Cat. We have to have that chaotic relationship but that's what i'm waiting for if, to answer your question that was gonna be my answer black cat yeah. whoever they have playing her i want that dynamic in peter's art well what i'm what i'm thinking is and and a lot of this is coming from the spider-man game um just because of how well done you know they did with that too um i think that you know there was rumors for very long well it's actually confirmed um but it was canceled a silver sable movie yeah um, and I really think um, that this is going to be the rise of, and if they do it, the Silver Sable, Black Hat, Venom, Spider-Man storyline. 
mm-hmm. um, with these characters. Um, Craven, you know, get, you know, those characters that we haven't seen yet and really just pushing them to the, the forefront of a mature, darker Spider-Man series. Yes, yes. Um, Dark Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. I want Maya Hawk uh, to play Black Hat. Ooh. See, I would never think her character. I've always liked her. She's she's yeah. really great. Did I say her as Black Cat? Who did, I thought I said her as Black Cat. Now I'm having self doubt as to who I said I wanted her to play because I know I thought like I think it was Black Cat because I said I think they should cast Uma as Silver Sable and cast Maya as Black uh, Cat. Oh, I would love. Uma oh Thurman. my God, Uma <laughs> Thurman! Please, God, come back to us if you're listening. <laughs> Give us Uma, what we listening. need. I love you. I like if they cast both of them as those two characters, I think it would be great. Well, I want Silver Sable. I, I know that's probably one that you know might not ever happen, which is fine, right? But they have such a minor character, I feel like. I thought, if anything, if this was to happen, I think what would have happened is she would have appeared in this movie and they kind of would have been leading towards um the Silver Sable spinoff with him in college. And um, what's the organization she works for? What is it? Um, Sword is that it? Does she work for Sword? I didn't think so. I, I think, I think I she was talking like foreign agency. Yeah. Yeah. And basically mean. they, you know, they work alongside Spider-Man, but not alongside Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that having this back and forth with the government thing um, would have been cool. Um, but yeah, but later down the line, I think, you know, if they are to come back, I would really like a Madam Web uh, Spider-Verse movie. Um, they've been saying forever they were going to do Madam Web in the MCU as well. Uh-huh. Um, and just bringing about the whole spider verse in her web. Um, and you know, they need to protect the spider verse, you know, that would give them a lot of opportunity to bring back any and all characters that we want. Um, mm-hmm. and I hope that that's something that's more at the end of maybe the third trilogy, um, to close out, you know, save the spider verse. Um, but I could definitely see them coming back for something like that. I, re- I really can. Like we would get silk, you know, I want silk. That's another one I really want. Um, you know, Spider uh, Spider Gwen would be lit. Um, mm-hmm. We know that, you know, she's in Spider-Verse, probably not going to get her, you know, that's okay. Well, there's a rumor uh, that she was in Endgame. There was a girl that was walking behind Peter and Ned when they were, like, hugging each other yeah. at the end of Endgame, and she was wearing, like, a pink spider-patterned backpack. We, I want more spider characters. <laughs> that's what I want. I do. And and we did get, you know, the two we love, but this is a perfect opportunity to move forward with new spider characters. Yeah, no. man. Sorry, were you gonna say something, Jay? No, I was just about to say, yeah, man. Bring on Spider-Man 2099. Bring on all of them. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Spider on. is another one Scarlet I really Spider-Man. want. Yeah. Um, I would love um if they went with the clone storyline and just really gave, you know, a second um, you know, Scarlet Spider tom holland spider-man in there too somewhere that would be really cool um was it spider-man nowhere would be another one Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean either even peter porker (laughs) (laughs) i think you know i i would love it if if they do that if they do that i think he needs to interact with howard the duck uh (laughs) i think i think they could do it as a bit if peter porker came through and just like started talking to Howard the Duck for a minute, and then just Peter Porker went back to the, uh, the Spider Verse. Love, because <laughs> that's the I thing. love the, the guy from Big Mouth that voices him. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> lady. 
so funny. Yeah, I love that guy. He's hilarious. Um, but like now that we saw Doctor Strange post credit scene, that evil Doctor Strange, which I knew was going to happen. Yeah, he, he called through, it. That he came through the multiverse and he uh, from from animated to live action. Now we know that's possible. So I mean, they could pull anyone from Spider Verse to the MCU as well if they really wanted to. Well, we've talked about this, but the the woman who voiced Black Widow in What If is gonna is confirmed to be appearing in in Black Panther two. Yeah, you know, is she playing a new character? Is she playing Black Widow? You know, there's there's tons of characters like that. Um, you know, I I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I we know that they could do it if they wanted. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's just so many opportunities. Like, there's so much shit they can do now with with the multiverse being open. Mm-hmm. And I think the like evil Doctor Strange being in it. Jay, what are your thoughts on that? You already know how I feel about this phase, man. Like, <laughs> this is. I said this before a movie dropped in this phase. I said this is going to make the Infinity Saga look like player player, simply because of the ramifications that we're dealing with and like what they can do. And from this little bit, we've had how many projects so far? Seven? Six or seven? Uh, let's think. One, two, oh, three. Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Wanda, Loki, Captain America, Black Widow, Black Widow, What If, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Damn, 10 already? Almost. I'm trying to think. Is there one more that I'm forgetting? Nah. We got got nine. I don't think I'm forgetting one. No, you're not. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. I think we got nine from this phase so far. And Doctor Strange coming out soon. But yeah, this is going to be... Matt, you missed it. We don't even know what to anticipate. We just had Chris Evans on. Hello. How how you doing? Good. We just had Chris Evans on. No, I said don't do anything cool. <laughs> what, is, what did he think? Oh, he said uh, he said that Spider Man is is a better trilogy. <laughs> yeah. He said that he's team. Thank you, Captain America. And he said that Spider Man is the, the best trilogy, and they showed that the passing of the torch when Spider Man knocked the shield off of the. Lady Liberty, uh, off of the torch. No, but that the torch. Was, the oh torch. yeah, the torch that was the torch was, that got passed. Was he confirmed? He confirmed that um, his next couple films are going to be him appearing as the MCU Eddie Brock. Um, so he will be that <laughs> in the MCU permanently for another twenty-five films. So yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know what? Exclusive, Absolutely. exclusive to uh, this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, only a dozen do you get that every time. I think I think that I might not believe you. <laughs> oh well, you'll just have to listen to the recording when it comes out. Man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I got something to look forward yeah. to. <laughs> um, no, but I asked a I asked a question, and we all kind of went around. But I was saying, like, this is a two part question. Like, what about the comics and and the character that we know of Spider Man? What do you think they're leading towards, and what do you want? Like, if you could pick anything. To come, what would it be? 
they just they, they blew it open in such a huge way um in like a way that i really didn't expect them to um you know people always talk about how the mcu like doesn't have stakes um no stakes in the mcu um but like they really can do anything to the point where i can't even fathom what their plan must be um mm-hmm. and like i was saying earlier when i tried to guess what they were going to do after homecoming and far from home i was like way wrong so um yeah I think I think I uh I think it depends a lot on who's going to be directed in the next few movies because um John Watts is moving on to Fantastic Four after this. Um so with a with a change of director, I think that we could be seeing like a really drastic change in tone as well. Um and what kind of stories they want to tell. I think the tone will inform that in a big way. Um, I was also, I was um, thinking while I was driving that John Watts specifically, I know got a lot of flack for um, homecoming and no way home, not for like doing a bad job, but doing like a very like fine job, like nothing really exceptional about like his directing style stood out. I, I didn't feel that way, but I know that a lot of people online said that, but I, I can't, I'm at the point where like I can't picture seeing somebody saying that about um, No Way Home because I think that just like it's just like so on point commitment to the tone um, even in like super serious moments it still feels like it's connected to the same movie and like I was saying before this is like the most ambitious MCU movie far Infinity War and Endgame. And I think that was something that people didn't think John Watts was capable of. And then he like, he went and he did it. Um, so I'm super impressed by his growth in the MCU and his ability to deliver good movies. Yeah. Now what, where was I going with this? I lost my train of thought already. I feel like I was going to talk about post-credits. The, the Doctor Strange post credit more, just like in terms of implications for the multiverse. Um, because as far as like other characters go, I do think they will be sourcing from the multiverse quite a bit now. Um, and in terms of Spider Verse, like Craven, I think he's going to be a Sony verse character. I think the Aaron Taylor Johnson version is going to be a Sony verse character. And that's confirmed, right? That is, it's going to be a Sony movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so him and then uh, Morbius, like characters like that, like I feel like they want to pull into the MCU at some point, but they just, I don't know when the appropriate point for that would be, especially now that you've sent Venom back immediately. Yeah. Well, did they hold up? We, we on that point, did they send him back? What do you mean? Did they send him back? There's well, a little bit of symbiote. The, well, the symbiote, as a, I don't know if this is the right term, but as like a hive mind, what I what I interpret that is is you know that that was kind of left open. Like there's there's this whole article like here's ten different things from the comics that could happen because the symbiotes in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know my initial thought was you know Flash is Agent Venom. There was people talking about um, the symbiote um, taking over the suit and being black, uh, black suit Spider-Man. Um, 
I kind of think, and this is what I said before about like, maybe this is going to be like, we're him working at the Daily Bugle alongside J. Jonah Jameson, just to make sure that he doesn't know about Spider-Man or whatever. Um, and then comes Eddie Brock and they do, you know, that kind of storyline. Um, but really like, they're going to, I I think the symbiote is still going to remember him as Peter Parker. I, I don't know like how that spell works, but for whatever reason, in my mind, I just don't think the symbiote will forget and the symbiote will be the one that remembers. And then Peter will be like, wait, like, how do you know? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I thought everyone, you know, that could be like a huge moment. Um, maybe they did forget, you know, who knows? But I, I really think that the venom being in the, in the MCU could really mean a lot um, for just his character becoming much darker um, going forward. Well, in terms of and the hive mind, that's what I read was why Venom came over in the first place because Venom didn't know, or not Venom, Eddie didn't know who Spider-Man was. He was asking so many questions when he was talking to Danny Rojas at the bar. Like he was like, he was so confused as to what was happening. He's like, so I might go to New York and talk to this Spider-Man. Like he didn't know who Spider-Man, but like Venom recognized Spider-Man on TV. And so like the, the theory is that the hive mind venom knew who spider-man was because of the hive mind mm -hmm. across right. all the multiverses right well that's how i think we're gonna get eddie yeah, the tom hardy in the mcu like maybe we're not gonna you know have him physically but the the symbiote is gonna reference it you know they're gonna talk about it maybe we'll hear his voice or whatever if they do stuff like that but he is in the MCU, now, maybe not physically right now, but there's something about his character that I think just has to still be a part of this next series with Spider-Man, um, just based off the fact they made two movies about him. Like, why would they do that if they're never going to, you know, cross them again? Um, I don't know. I feel like Feige doesn't want to acknowledge Venom more than he already has. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, that version of Venom, at least. With... If Let There Be Carnage had like course corrected and made Venom something that was easier to take seriously, I think Feige would have been more open to it. But like, uh, I don't hate Let There Be Carnage. I it like doubled down on the stuff that worked in the first Venom movie, but it also doubled down on like this fucking stupid stuff. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's it you know they cranked everything up to eleven and. Um, I think that it's just kind of like if I'm Feige, I don't want to like have to build stories off of those two movies. Um, yeah, it is a different take of Venom. It, it really is different than what we would think Venom as as a villain. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. Venom. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. I just I'm just recounting my my movie watching experience with Let There Be Carnage and it's just like I was so done. <laughs> you were so really done. It was only stupid. an hour and a half long. I know to do that much. It was just like I, I guess I expected a bit too much, which is my fault, but it's just like they had all the ingredients for it to be good, but they just said, fuck ingredients. We're going to make it homemade. Have <laughs> you guys ever watched Nailed It on Netflix? No, I haven't. I know what it is, but I, I've seen some of it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So just like every single, it's incredible. Everybody makes the same mistakes every time. And there will like, literally there will be a step-by-step recipe for them to bake whatever it is that they're supposed to bake. And there was just this one time where there was like, it called for 12 eggs. And the woman was just like, that's too many eggs. So she just used six eggs. So it was a fucking disaster. And that was what making Venom Let There Be Carnage must have been like. Absolutely. 100% agree. Couldn't have stated it better. <laughs> Jay, I think, so you haven't watched Venom yet, right? The first one? No, I did hear it's, okay. it's a lot better. I, I think you'll appreciate it more. I don't, like, I mean, again, you got to consider the fact that it's a Sony movie and not a MCU <laughs> movie. Yeah. But, but it's not as far-fetched and ridiculous. It like... Okay. And by that I mean like you know what I'm talking about. Um but it's just it it has like the the it feels very Fantastic Four to me, honestly. Like the original Fantastic Four. That's kind of oh, how God. the storytelling feels to me. Ouch. <laughs> you hate the original Fantastic Four, Austin? You ever you ever I, taken no. Austin? I like the original Fantastic Four, and, and it's probably only because I was a child watching it. Um, I think that really, like, looking back, I still love it because it's it's Nostalgic. a different quality. But um, this new Fantastic Four was why I was laughing. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, the new stick. Oh my god! <laughs> I just watched. Like, said, like, if I ever heard someone say, "Well, this movie was like you know on the same levels as the new Fantastic Four," <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I'm so sorry. That bad being so mean. <laughs> yeah, that that new Fantastic Four movie um is bad, but it's, bad. it's a it's a, so much fun to watch because you can literally just like look and visually see which scenes were reshoots because uh, Kate Mara's hair is completely different between <laughs> when they first filmed the movie and when they went back for the reshoots. And like Miles Teller will go from when they were making the movie the first time was Miles Teller is a good actor, a fucking buffoon, but a good actor. And then for the reshoots, he is phoning it in harder than I've ever heard somebody phone it in. It's incredible. <laughs> I love, I hate that movie, but it's really fun to watch. See, I didn't notice any of this shit because I, first of all, watched it at like three in the morning. And second of all, like was half paying attention because like I got like 15 minutes into that movie and I was like this is just bad I was like I don't I'm like I can't take this seriously as a movie like like especially after the first Fantastic Four which again not a like perfect movie but like nostalgic and it had that storytelling like it had like the charm to it and that's how I feel about Venom I think the storytelling is very good I think it's got charm to it I don't think it's perfect by any means I think there's a lot of mistakes with it I think that the part where the symbiote just goes missing for six months is pretty fucked up. But like, I think it's just like a, a fun movie to watch. The new Fantastic Four is just like, I'm like, what what's going on here? It just it, it's just all over the place. I felt like I could see the actors like hate being there <laughs> as actors. They were like. I hate everything about what I'm doing right now. Like almost like kind of like looking around the room, like someone please get me out of here. Like really? <laughs> honestly, contract, I think Michael B. Jordan had fun. I think he had fun. I, but... 
actually liked, and this is this is probably a hot take. I really liked um, the actor who played Ben Grimm in the beginning part of it and setting up his story. I was like, okay, like this is a different kind of like take on the thing. I was like, interesting. Um, and then it went nowhere ever after that. And it looked <laughs> like whatever that was on the screen. It it there were things that didn't go right from the start. Yes, yeah, and I and I felt bad um, the more I went through that about it (laughs) (laughs) i think uh the the new venom movies like super like tonally feel like those like old fantastic four movies because it's like like they feel like they came out in like 2002 yeah like just like it feels like um like the specific type of goofy that it is is just Uh like they just they don't make movies like that anymore right right i am unironically enjoy the first venom movie i think um i enjoy the first venom movie as well Mm -hmm. i think that like let there be carnage is like literally fun to watch and i don't think that that, i don't think either of them are like great movies but um let there be carnage really respects your time by only being an hour and a half long and that's props for that (laughs) I love how this is a podcast about the best Marvel movie ever made, and we're talking and we're about the talking shitty and Marvel everything movie comes ever back to Venom. Fucking yeah. <laughs> bad movies. Bad movies. We're talking about the Fantastic Four remake and fucking Venom. Let there be carnage. <sighs> Which again, like you said, it's a fun movie. Like I, I thought Venom Let There Be Carnage was fun. It's just like, again, Tom Hardy deserves better than having to act in those movies. Like it hurt him. They should just pull him and Michelle Williams into the MCU forever. Yeah, free time. Yeah, Hardy, man. let's make sure free Tom Hardy. <laughs> I, you know All what? Right, I think that Tom Hardy is having fun though. I like, think so too. To play mm-hmm. both Eddie and Venom I, is yeah. probably really fun. I think he enjoys the role, honestly. I just, as a fan, as a Tom Hardy fan, and as a Marvel fan. <laughs> I wish they treated him better in terms of script. So are we saying that No Way Home is the greatest MCU film ever? I am. Is this unanimous? What about you, uh, Austin? I will say it's it's number one. I was, I'm saying it's better than Infinity War. And the only Marvel movie I think that... I think Infinity War is very close. Don't get me wrong. But I think... I think Spider-Verse is the only movie that's that might still be better than it. What about you guys, Austin, Matt? I still say Infinity War, Civil War, No Way Home. That's okay. my okay. I, you know, that's funny because when I watched it, I immediately walked out and was like, this is by far the best, <laughs> you know, and not by far, like, well, yeah, by far <laughs> the best Marvel film. And then the more I thought about it, I, I went back um, because there was something about this movie where they were plucking from other films. And, and that's the thing I really enjoy about the, the movies and, and what they've been doing is referencing and not referencing and pulling things. And then I thought back to other movies in the past that gave me those similar feelings about uh, like the connectedness of the universe mm-hmm. um, and of the Marvel universe. And, and I think it's probably top top three i i would still say that um infinity war is up there and and i also like and maybe this is a hot take as well but i really like the winter soldier 
There's something oh, about no, that. That's not a hot take at the all. Same as yeah. I know that people like it, but that's probably one of the only street level um, Marvel movies. No, like no, you know, huge galactic, you know, ma- magic power that I really was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like they, you know, yeah. they mashed it. Um, but yeah, I would say that. Um, and I also really like the Ant Man films too. So you yeah, know, man. but yeah. Yeah. We got another Ant Man stand here. Yeah, man, I'm an I'm an Ant Man defender for sure. Yes, absolutely. Ant Man gets a bad rap. Doesn't deserve. That's you know that's another reason um, for Civil War. Um, just just all, and this is sidetrack. Paul Rudd is just unbelievable. Just um, the best. Great. Sexiest like the man alive. Yeah, <laughs> you got to go down the resume. And we were, and this is probably someone will say for Hawkeye, but um. Like I was just saying, like there's characters that they set up um, and then they took a very long time to get there or that they started them out right away and they disappeared and came back. Um, and I'm hoping that um, they do something similar um, with movies going forward, but I could really see, um, who was I just thinking of? Um, them pulling out characters later on. So like maybe like we'll see Gwen Stacy show up in this next one. And then all of a sudden she'll be majorly important later or um different characters in other universes like all the young, young avengers like we've seen all of them you know for a little while and then they they're probably going to come back up later um and as hawkeye show maybe you know this is co- it's going to be confirmed about hawkeye's wife being um a shield agent or, or some, you know um yeah or mockingbird or and just bring, bring these characters to the forefront going forward um and Paul Rudd was another one where they just grabbed him and they just threw him in right away. And he's, you know, been better and better and better and better and better. And, and I hope that this is how they're going to, this is going to be the formula for a lot of the characters that we've seen before and, and the characters that they set up going forward. Um, they're just going to be increasing in depth and, and things that we want um, are going to happen. Now, Jeremy, where yeah, do you yeah. rank? Oh, sorry, Matt. I was just going to say Young Avengers is a project like they haven't even confirmed it, but that's one that I'm like really nervous about because like kid actors can be really bad. (laughs) Um, Well, they they said they're going to announce all this stuff soon. I don't know when, like it's got to be sometime soon because from what I know, like it's multiverses is, is announced and there's how many films announced after? Um, I think like seven. Thor, Black Panther, Marvels, Guardians. Blade. Ant-Man, Fantastic Four. Yeah, so I mean, there is a lot announced left, so maybe we won't get it for a while, but they they did kind of tease that they're going to announce the shows, and at least the TV show, they're going to have to be announced. Like, there's only like two left. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think Young Avengers is coming. Um, Maybe another Avengers movie. Like, I know they kept saying they're going to push that off, but it's kind of inevitable with them setting up all these new characters, um, and then if not using all of them together, um, who knows? I think that there's a wide open possibility there for a bunch of stuff we might not even expect too. Yeah, I think uh, No Way Home and um, Multiverse of Madness coming up are just like uh, proof that like you can make an event film out of like a single lead character in a way that I think like five years ago the MCU probably didn't think that they could. Because I, I, like I, I don't thing... know. Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the box office, but um, Spider-Man No Way Home, which came out during a pandemic, is going to be the third largest opening weekend in the U.S. ever. Wow. Um, behind Endgame and uh, Force Awakens. So, Jesus. 
Yes. They had the second largest opening night ever. That is absurd. Yeah, they're they're making pandemic money. (laughs) Like, what? It's a pandemic over there. Jesus. (laughs) It's insane. Yeah, so... I my buddy and I were talking about box office potential for this movie before and I was like well the hype is like unreal but um I think that the pandemic is going to make it really hard for it to make money overseas where vaccination rates are really low so like movie theaters just like aren't open um and people are like afraid to go to movie theaters but the US numbers are going to be bangers Now Jeremy where do you rank No Way Home amongst the Marvel movies I got a third, right at third. I have um, Austin and I on the same page. Infinity War and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is not only a great Marvel film, it's a great action film. If you compare it to any action film in the 2000s and 2010s, it's right up there. The choreography, the the way that it was written, um, the arts, like everything about it was phenomenal, so those two I would have over No Way Home, for sure. Well, as Infinity the only person- War will always be my number one. Like, it's just something about Infinity War, just the moment of it was just, like I said, the movie going experience, I don't think could be duplicated because like there was so much leading up to that point and people's like visceral reactions when Tony got stabbed, when Thanos was inevitably the victor at the end, like we knew what was gonna happen and people were still in awe. So I feel like that's hard to duplicate again. Now, as as the only person, now as the only person of the four of us who's seen it twice, uh, I'm just gonna say I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. (laughs) I'm I'm probably going again later today. Uh, um, I'm planning. I'm just gonna see this one over and over again. I'm trying to break my record. So my record is I think eight. I'm going to make Multiverse the one that is my, um, the record that I'm going to break. I think my, well, I was seven times. I think I saw Endgame seven times. I saw I Endgame that's what it was. eight times. So honestly, I have it in my mind that I want this one to break Endgame's record. I want to see it nine times. I'm seeing it again today with my parents because they haven't seen it yet. Um, oh, wow. Austin, we're going Wednesday. Jay, did you want to go before you leave? Yeah, Tuesday we're going to try to make it happen. Tuesday? All right. Yeah. So I've seen it with both of you. Matt, if you want to see it, yeah, I'll let you know. Let me know. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm yeah, I, I I don't know. This movie I just have such nostalgia for like because the original Spider-Man was the first movie I ever saw that wasn't animated. It was the first movie I used to call them when I was little, I called them people movies, um, because they had people in them. And I was what five, six when that movie came out, and yeah, it was the first movie, live action movie I ever saw, and I loved it. And I don't know, so Toby being in this was just extremely special. Yeah, that touched my heartstrings yeah. too. I was like, wow, look at Toby. Oh, yeah, I and, I, and I just think it turned ripped. Like, 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 yes, obviously it cheats because it pulls in the other two Spider-Man and it pulls in all those villains. But in terms of script, like I just think about it, like having Goblin being the last villain, the guy who started it all being the last guy they had to turn having like all these character storylines still 
fit into what they want to do now. Um, like when Flint Marco shows up, Sandman shows up. That's like the biggest thing. Like he shows up and he's like still wanting to be wanting to help Spider-Man. He's like, hey, it's Flint. Like I really liked how they seamlessly just said, yep. this is how we're taking the end of all of them and we're making them the same character. I like how they immediately kind of retconned the stupid blue electro and they let Jamie Foxx be <laughs> green and yellow. Um, because I was like, because that was just like something that, that everybody cool. hated about that movie was just how he was blue. They did like the ultimate version or whatever, and he was just blue. And and they immediately were like, let's just shock him with some power lines immediately and turn him turn him back into like a human. Yeah, with better hair. With better hair and better teeth. <laughs> did, did you guys notice that um the actors that play Sandman and Lizard oh, uh weren't you know exactly what you're gonna well, so first they um during like the animated credits at the end of the movie um they're the only two villains that aren't in those names um and then you know they both their human selves only appear in one shot of the movie each or like two shots each two shots. Um, they were definitely not on set with the other actors no no not at all. The only one who yeah. they recycled material from the older films and used it to make those scenes happen because they couldn't get them to film. I think that's really? what happened with Sandman. That's what I heard about Sandman because my friend Alex, uh, he said that um, there were, there was like, they had a side by side. There was a TikTok where it was side by side. Sandman's last scene in Spider Man 3 and Sandman's last scene in this, they just recycled the footage. So I don't know if Sam was even on set at all. I have to look into that. I read an article about it. They were talking about it. I'm sure it's out there, but yeah, they recycled material. Um, and a lot of people were like, like, should we be mad about that? Should we not? I mean, I don't mind. You know, they I mean, like, I get it. A pandemic. Like there's so many actors. I, I get it. Um, it but makes it sense like, why they also were in the background of a lot of the story as well. But, so, but like also Sam doesn't talk to anybody after he disappeared. Like, it's just Toby swinging yeah. away and he's like, uh, he stares at him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, we're going to get you home, Flint. And then Flint just like stares at him. But like with, with Reese, uh, Ivins, is that his last name? Yep. Yeah. With him, he actually has a conversation face to face with Andrew. So I think he did make it to set. I'm not hundred percent sure that, um, Thomas Hayden church, that's his name. I forget. Yes. Yeah. That he even made it to that's set. I loved him. I, I've always loved his character. And, and that was one of the things as well. They just, they pulled him right out. Like, and he just was that character that we saw at, at the end of it. Like they were, you know, they made up, they were friends. Um, and I was talking about this too. Um, I was under, I was not, I didn't get it right away when, you know, Doc Ock showed up and I was like, how did he know where he is? Like, where did he come from? But they fought over the Hudson river and that's that where that bridge was. Right. when they started fighting immediately and i didn't get that because it was a different angle and you know we didn't see it the same way but then i was like oh okay and then he showed up and he was the same character at the end of um spider-man 3 right he was three was the one where that happened was it two okay. i was two yeah but, yeah but um or i'm sorry i was talking about sandman so oh yeah, that was, yeah that's and then he just jumped back in and i was like oh okay that's how they're doing it it's just literally them right after um and I thought that was really smart um, and just right. just a great storytelling device to help him win against Electro as well, um, but also use the character to kind of build that alliance between all of the villains, Sandman, right. you know, all of them. I thought that was so cool. 
But I like how the villains even ended up fighting at the one point because Sandman wanted to go home and the rest right. of them were trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that. Why did he not want to... Why did he start, like, uh, at the end being, like, a villain again? Like, he wanted to go to his daughter, and then they were like, well, he why are you doing this? He's like, I don't care. And I'm he like, the box just said... He, he wanted the box. Just he wanted the box back. He wanted to just press the button and go home. He did. He didn't, oh, okay. didn't want to waste any more time with them yeah, trying to okay. find these cures. Risk it going away at all. He was just like, I'm taking the box. I'm pressing the button. I'm going home. We're done. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just kind of like, well, why did he like help them and then all of a sudden just completely be on the opposite side? But yeah, no, that makes sense. But I yeah. think well, because yeah. even you know he didn't leave the apartment on purpose. Uh, Electro like blast him out of it. So then he mm-hmm. probably just had trouble finding Peter in the box after that. Right. Jay, you uh, you said something the other day that really made me think about the script as well, about how they end the movie, like where it's Spider-Man, classic Spider-Man, like we, we discussed earlier in the podcast, like he, nobody knows who he is. He's got the suit like that he made himself, all this stuff. And he's just like all the other Spider-Man. Like this is like Spider-Man's fate almost. And I just like, I think them writing up to that is like the, the way you can have this massive story with multiple Spider-Man, multiple villains, like have all this shit go to, like together and then you get to the end and it's just like they still found a way to make it come to that point. I just think that was like incredible. Like the way that he's like living in this, you know, expensive apartment by himself. Yeah, totally. Wholeheartedly yeah. agree. I, I think that um, it really, it just really goes to show you that like, when we talk about all these great things, it goes to show you that the directors like truly appreciate who they're writing for. You know, like they appreciate comic books, they appreciate stories that last eons. You know, like this isn't just some random director. John Watts is clearly an appreciator. So I think that, um, again, going back to my point about this face, like I feel like with this face in particular, we're getting so many creators, directors, cinematographers, costume assistants that like truly understand what they're doing and having an appreciation for things. And I feel like as good as the other um, saga was, the Infinity Saga, like I didn't get that same, across the board, I didn't get that same feeling from the directors. Like they knew exactly what the source material was and like appreciated it, appreciated where it could go to. So. That's why I'm, I'm making a statement now. Like, I mean, we still have Kane coming. Like, mm-hmm. we still have Secret Invasion coming. That's like, we have so much. The next big one for me, I think, is going to be the Ant Man three film. Like, uh, it's going to be phenomenal. Nothing short of phenomenal. I think so, uh, the, oh, the, the, the strength of the MCU has always been like character, um, where like a lot, of, like even like Infinity War, there's like no plot that like, there's not like a story. Um, it's just like characters and seeing them interact. Um, and like, just like the attention to detail of characters and like making them consistent or, um, you know, you think of like Thor where Thor is super inconsistent, but what they were doing wasn't working. So they rewrote it to really embrace, um, what Chris Hemsworth is good at. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, the, it, it is such this big movie, but really at its core it's about tom holland's peter parker and uh what he has to do to grow up and that's how the movie ends it's not about the big 
it's a little bit about the big climactic battle, but it's also about where the story leaves Peter at the end. Yeah. Wait, so are you a Ragnarok truther, Matt Foot? Oh yeah, Ragnarok's good, man. Adam Duke's Thank you. Thank a crazy you. person. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Oh man. Oh, Nobody's man. ever gonna agree with me on this. I don't hate Ragnarok. I'm gonna say that. I just <laughs> think it's extremely overhyped hyped, and I think they wasted one of the best villains in the whole MCU. Um, oh, Hela, yeah. You know, yeah. we've we've talked about that. I agree. I think Hela was just amazing and could have been used better. Thank but you. I don't think that that's a justification for me to peg that movie down a l- any more than it doesn't deserve. <laughs> I think, like, like moment awesome. to moment, Ragnarok is, like, the most entertaining movie in the MCU. It's uh, wrong. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Ant-Man is the most entertaining movie in the MCU. I do love Ant-Man. One. I love Ant-Man one. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp was also very entertaining. I just think that... I just think that one was so good. I just think the villain villain aspect in one makes it better because Ghost is not a villain. She's just looking to save her life. And Walton Goggins is a shit-ass villain. Like Good he's point. just a guy in a suit. It's not like you got two superpowered people fighting a guy in a suit. That's not a challenge. Like not oh, not, like a, not like a Come on. not like a spider suit. Not an Iron Man suit. <laughs> they're fighting. They're fighting a guy in just like a fucking three piece suit. He's like Sam Rockwell without the dance moves. Come on, without, man. Man, without <laughs> the robots. <laughs> no charisma. And no Come on, that. man. Give he's my fine. Man he, he's on. fine. Well, Goggins is fine in that movie, but it's just like, I wish they would have given it more stakes. I wish they would have given him some kind of no stakes power or something, right? Like they just they they just leave him as like just the guy, and there's no villain in that movie, and that's why the first Ant Man is more entertaining. That battle. Can you imagine if they had a battle like that? And the, like the, the biggest part about that Ant-Man movie is going into the, like, first of all, establishing the quantum realm. And second of all, going into the quantum realm to save Janet. It's a big moment. Give me that. But I'm always going to say Ant-Man is the most entertaining MCU movie. I would have to say that, that, that too. What? What do you want to say? I said because Adam's a hater. <laughs> you are a hater. Ragnarok hater. Yep. We've been new. That's me. We've been new. Um, so back to the whole um Infinity War thing. So obviously, like Infinity War, you know, the moment at the end of that film really established it as just one of the most powerful moments. What was that moment in this movie? What was the like, best? like most like important not important but important to you like seeing and just being like wow like holy shit they did that um this is the first thing that came to mind um and it's probably that probably makes it the right answer even though it seems like probably a really small thing but when the three spider-men are swinging off of each other around the statue of liberty i went yeah (laughs) i wish they didn't do that in the trailer they showed too much in the trailer like i saw them i was like you think we're supposed to believe that single tom holland mm-hmm. is taking on all three of those villains that's Absolutely. so true that's no, so man. true 
That yeah. is so true. Like the trailer did show a lot. Now that I think about it, when Lizard's head moves in the Brazilian trailer, yes, like, <laughs> like, come on. And then there's three of them, like perfectly spaced out in a way that just so you know, hell right. no. Yeah. I was talking about the trailer, and that was part of it because I felt like it it built expectations for me that I just didn't meet. Like they showed Doctor Strange in almost every single moment of that trailer, and he was not. In the look, I was kind of like, they showed is it every be Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange movie? Yeah, pretty much. I was like, is this going to be a Doctor Strange movie when it's Spider Man? Because he has his own movie next. So, like, when they pulled him out, I was like, oh, cool. Like, right. you know, he wasn't right. in as much as I thought. He was actually in way right. less. Yep. Um, and it worked out. But um, yeah, that part in the trailer, I wish they didn't show because I knew that it was going to be all three Spider Man. Like, just, you know, they were kind of probably teasing us. But yeah, right. that was definitely the moment. They were sure. so. Holland, Zendaya, Jacob, and Cumberbatch were on uh were on Kimmel like the night before. Um, and Kimmel kept playing all the different clips from all the different trailers and stuff, asking uh like asking them questions about like Toby and, oh, and Andrew and stuff, and they like couldn't say anything. And then he asked them about lizard's head moving, and they all gave different answers. I forget uh I think Tom said that he got sand in his eye. Um, <laughs> and, and like, I forget, but, but Tom, Jacob, and Zendaya gave like three answers and they got funnier and funnier as they like, as they gave the answer. It was just, it was great. Yeah, that was, they slipped up on that for sure. Even though we knew already what it was, but yeah, once we saw mm -hmm. it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they edited it. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Do, do you guys um do you partake in leaks i don't i try not to i don't try to but like i came across the the charlie cox leak of him sitting yeah, at the table and i came across the leak of the three of them like looking off into the distance at the statue of liberty yeah. um like so i didn't try to but i saw those i was like you know i figured they were all going to be in it so it's like not a huge deal i'm like glad there was stuff that i didn't that like didn't get spoiled for me like like I, I had no idea right and i that's like probably the number one thing that i'm glad didn't get spoiled because it's like such a huge thing and also nobody remembering his name um the villains like the fact that they were sending him on, like the plot the essential plot points of the story like i mean characters being in it wasn't as big of a deal as yes. but also i saw a leak leak it that was like said vulture wasn't it and he wasn't so like I'm glad some leaks are wrong because then yeah. I can always partake and be like, well, I don't know if it's true or not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's too many characters in this and not in a bad way in this for them to really contain everything. I think like, well, first of all, it, this plot leaked before the film came out. So when they showed the trailer, it showed everything we, the, in the leak that we you know knew was going to happen so I, I i partially wonder if you know the promotion was driven by the leaks um and things we saw were because of things we were leaking out but the main plot points never fully leaked um yeah and the characters you know we knew were going to be there so that wasn't a problem for me um but yeah the plot was different i didn't expect it to end the way it did i didn't expect them to do the things the way they did and that for me was fine knowing that there were a lot of leaks that i didn't see beforehand mm -hmm. um it's hard not to honestly with this kind of scale of a film yeah as also sony is worse at 
because it is literally a Sony movie. Sony's worse at keeping that stuff under control than Disney is. Yeah, there's some sort of mold. And that's like they're dropping it and being like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, we got to get people yeah. talking about us in some way. We're not going to catch up to yeah. the MCU. Have, have you guys uh, read anything about Doctor Strange yet? I haven't. Not really. I mean, I'm like, like yeah. I have, I'm looking forward about to it. talking about it after it comes out. <laughs> what? I'm looking forward to talking about it after oh. it comes out. For sure. I also thought America Chavez was going to be in this movie because I saw she was at the premiere. I was like, shit, I just spoiled that for myself. But like, <laughs> she was only in the post-credit scene, which was essentially just in the, the background play. of like standing yeah, behind Benedict like, Cumberbatch. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that was that was kind of my critique with the trailer too. It, it didn't give me everything I wanted, and I'm kind of happy because I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, America Chavez is there. We know she's there. I can see her. Didn't introduce her. You know, we don't know what the plot is. We don't know how he found her. We don't know where she is. We don't know where they are. We don't know how he got hit. Like, there were so many things that I was just like, huh? We do know one thing. And then then the end with what if I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, you know, Um, but. That's the thing we know. There was just something about it that was so open with me. And now that we know, like, and this, I don't know if this is considered a leak, um, but they've already come out and said it, but there's going to be cameos in this film, like, as we expect. Um, and they're doing reshoots to add more people and, and do this and that. Um, and I feel like the trailer was open on purpose to such an extreme extent because I still have no idea what any of the movie's going to be yeah. about. Um, <laughs> I saw some great shots, but I have no idea what, why, you know, who, where, what, when, why. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Austin, I think you sent it to me and then I, I think I proceeded to forward it to Jeremy um, that they're doing like reshoots and they're including more like yeah. characters in Doctor Strange now like multiversal characters just like one-offs and I'm like they could put anybody in it they want well this is going to be the movie to do it would you say Ralph Boner Ralph Boner you did not want to talk about oh real life talk about the things that leaked be, or leaked like the directors confirmed but you might not want to know like can we talk about it or do you guys not want to talk about it because up to you too. Because... I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I guess. Yeah, let's roll with it. I'm gonna it. I'll let you lead on it because I don't know what was I, said by Rainy and know. what was actually leaked. So you can take the lead. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. There's an article talking about um and I forgot who exactly. I could probably Google and figure out while we're talking about it, but there was um speculation that Wanda was gonna fight someone from the Fox universe. Oh, yeah, we did talk film. about it. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously like that is so many people in itself. Um, and they confirmed that like they went, they, they didn't have to, they said that right from the jump before reshoots were even happening, like while they were filming the movie. Um, and you know, there's so many people that, that could be too, but obviously they didn't show any of that. Like, there's just so much about this film, like they did with no way home that we kind of thought were happening, but we never saw. And that is what's exciting to me because we in in Endgame the same way they didn't show anything of that whole movie, um, and then there was that whole last movie where we were like, oh my god, um, and I think that's what they're gonna do with the with uh, multiverse. But there's yeah tons of cameos of people that we have seen before we have never seen before, um, and that's I think the intent. Um, and Ages maybe you know there's a huge plot point we don't know as well. Ages of Shield. Yeah, I mean, nope, we, back. I think they're gonna come back in. Um, I don't think they will either. Wars or Armor Wars. You think they I, will? I can't see them not referencing it. Also, like if they're gonna do the thing where, 
where Laura Barton was the original Mockingbird, I think they might bring back Bobby Morse from Agents. Love. And I already think they're bringing back Quake. I, I don't think you can't bring back Quake. He's got to come back in in Secret Wars or Armor Wars. That's One of the saying. two. Secret Wars. It just has to happen. But plus, plus Clark Gregg was talking about it the other day. Oh yeah. When when he <laughs> said when when uh, D'Onofrio came back, he was like, "Holy yeah. fuck!" <laughs> I wish he'd come back, but he's dead. You no, know, they're not gonna on. bring him back. They won't bring him back. Probably. If they yeah. did, I would. Uh, oh man, that would be incredible. That I doubt they bring back. Can you imagine how geeky and funny he would be with all of the new characters? He'd be like, oh my God, like there's this person, there's this person, there's right. this person. Well, and he was freaking out over Captain America. Like, <laughs> it's just, right. Yeah. Lame ass Captain America. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Evans, you said that. What? And he's never going to come back on your podcast. <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah. I know. I can't believe we're not going to get him back now. Um, no, but spoiler. Is it cool if I spoil how Ages of Shield ends for you guys? I don't know if you guys. Oh, Go ahead. I'm fine. All right, so it ends where Phil Phil dies a number of times, and he actually says at one point, "Dying is his superpower." Like, no, because he dies. Like, he gets stabbed by Loki, but then he gets brought back to life, right? But then, because that's how the show starts. But then he he dies like a number of other times, and then at one point he gets possessed by Ghost Rider, and the deal he makes with Ghost Rider is like, if we do this like whatever like phil was dying already and ghost rider like and something saved his life but ghost rider said i'll take your body and you can do this but then you have to die and so pretty much phil dies for good but then they bring him back as an lmd which is like a life model decoy so he's a robot pretty much at the end so if they bring him back he'll probably be a robot um jesus it was great because you can't not have like you can't have agents of shield <laughs> without clark Gregg in it so they they're like, all right, we'll bring him back as a robot because they already introduced seasons beforehand the LMDs, and then so they were like, let's bring him back as an LMD. And so like, uh, if the robot gets deactivated, is he gonna be a hologram like Tupac at some point? Yep, <laughs> that's what the yeah. <laughs> I wanted um in in Falcon and Winter Soldier, I thought they were gonna do that with um Zola. They were gonna make him the giant computer guy. Uh-huh. Um, you know what I mean? They could do that. It, it gives me like um Doctor like Egghead vibes. From um, Sonic, you know what I mean? Jesus. Like, goofy villain character that they bring back and like, an android version. Man, yeah. I'm sure that that everything you just described about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when you're watching it in real time, I bet that it's awesome. But just, like, hearing that all of that happened with, like, no fucking context, I'm like, oh, that show sounds like a trip. Yeah, it's ridiculous. If, explaining it without any context to people who haven't seen the show or have only seen like season one or whatever, like it's ridiculous because season one is very grounded. Season one and even season two, like they introduce Inhumans, but like it's still very grounded. Once you get to like season three and season four is the best season. They go into like the Matrix pretty much. Anyways, once you get to like season three, four, five, six, like it's just like and they start trying to explain it to someone who's never seen the show and you don't see like the progress of how they get to each point it's just like what the fuck are you talking about like you t- you explain season three of daredevil to someone they're like okay like that makes sense yeah. because he's still doing the same shit he was doing season one it's just higher stakes now and but you explain like the the, the like as <laughs> like because the last season of agents they just like they go back in time and then they like because they're chasing these aliens through time 
to because the aliens are going back in time to try to revive Hydra. And so they go back in time to chase these aliens. And then they find out that they made a new timeline in doing so. And then they have to use the quantum realm to get back to the main timeline. So, like, that's why I think, given what happened in Loki, they could reintroduce it. And, and Austin, like you said, X-Men, like, it's probably going to be Wolverine, Magneto, or real Pietro, not Ralph Boner. Fuck Ralph Boner. Um, what about Jean Grey? Jean Grey is so Didn't I say Jean Grey? She was the first. I said, I said Jean Grey, Magneto, or Pietro, right? No, you said Wolverine. Wolverine. Did I say Wolverine? I meant I meant Jean Grey. Um, well, I just yeah, actually so Wanda would fucking I, body Wolverine. Yeah, I, I Wanda would honestly yeah. body Magneto. Like, like, really, even Pietro though. Like, because like in Dark Phoenix, Jean Grey bodies Pietro. Um, Peter. Um, I just found the website that leaked it, um, or like the article about it, and they actually leaked the character as well so it's updated I'm, I'm i don't want to tell you guys if you don't want to know but this is not i don't know interesting choice <laughs> text me <laughs> um yeah it's well, it's t-pain's character wrong. from x-men origins <laughs> no what is oh, was it the guy it? With the... who i am right oh i am cowboy oh, sorry no oh, good you know My what bad. You know what I'm thankful Somehow for? We haven't got too. Gambit He's pruning. We, we haven't gotten um, what's his name? Channing Tatum's Gambit. I'm glad they canceled that. Oh god, don't want it. Jesus, why? <laughs> why was that a thing ever? I think Gambit is very overrated Gambit. as a character. No, overrated. Incorrect. Overrated character. Oh you confirmed it on Twitter.com last month. You never played Ultimate Alliance 2 and it shows. <laughs> I'm sorry that I don't get my analysis of superheroes from a video game. Ooh. <laughs> they, they, showed me, they showed me what it is that character could be. As long as it's not Channing Tatum, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I just hate how much people love him. Like, it's just, it's unnecessary. Well, like I you, want like him, I want Nightcrawler, I want Jean Grey, I want Cyclops. Like, I want, you know, that. Um, who knows when we'll get it? But I kind of uh, want them to just like be... bring back the X Men from the like not prequel trilogy, but the rebooted trilogy, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Bring back them temporarily and then move up because you know how many X Men there are. Like, I think they should just move on to a new set of X Men, honestly, after they like universe. reintroduce them for nostalgia purposes. I really want Ice Man. Iceman is awesome. Yeah. What did you say, Jeremy, about Wolverine? I was wondering, like, who's gonna, who's gonna be the new Wolverine, man? I don't want a new Wolverine. I want them to bring back Hugh Jackman and then call it on Wolverine. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could do like a new Wolverine, but like, I don't want another Logan. I guess is what I'm saying. I agree. I agree with that. He did. Um, he did come forward after. Um, this was a couple of years ago, so it probably doesn't stand now. But he like recommended an actor to suggest, and it was this up and coming like Asian male actor. And I would have been like, oh, that would have been really cool if they did like a totally different Wolverine character in the MCU. Like that would make a lot of sense. Um, and maybe Logan would show up or be referenced. But if they just took a new take on the character, I would love that as well. I kind of want to do his daughter. 
like his daughter the next Wolverine. Oh, X23. X23. Yeah. Integrating Fox is so scary to me because Fox doesn't even know what Fox was about. That's but, the, like Days of Future Past was made, and that's the best X Men movie. Oh, um, so good. But it was made purposefully to correct the timeline. And yeah, then they, and then they broke it again. And they fucked it up again afterward. <laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. Good old ass, man. They're like, all right, we fixed everything. And then you throw Deadpool in there. And Deadpool is in the same universe, but it's just like also contradicts the rest of the X-Men universe too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, uh, like Logan, the movie. Logan like, fucked everything up. Yeah, in the context of like the rest of that universe, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. Make sense. <laughs> I think yeah, you, it oh, that movie somewhere. I think it's good. Mutants, I'm glad it Logan. exists, but it just like doesn't work. Right. I think mm-hmm. New Mutants and Logan are probably like the way they described it. People have described it. The people who made Logan said it's the same universe, but the people who are like behind Fox said that New Mutants and Logan are a separate universe from the yeah. rest of the X Men movies. Definitely. Yeah, I think that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because then it it timeline's still fucked up a little bit, but it significantly improves the timeline. Yeah, I didn't even think of Logan as being the same timeline when I saw it, honestly. I thought of a, a standalone. That's mm-hmm. what made it so mm-hmm. awesome to me. It was a completely mm-hmm. new take. Because like you can do mm-hmm. enough head cannoning to connect the end of Dark Phoenix to the beginning of the first X-Men movie, even though they're not technically connected because it's a new universe. Like, I don't think I can. I, me personally. <laughs> well, but, I'm, but I'm saying the work can be done in your head if you want to try to connect those dots. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. But I once just, you throw Logan in there, it's just like you can't. It's not possible. Yeah, nah. I, I, I just like can't make myself believe that uh, Mystique, that that was supposed to be Jennifer Lawrence aging over 30 years between First Class and Dark mm, Phoenix. Yeah. Right. Right. Same thing with Xavier. Like you think if if like you've got James McAvoy in nineteen ninety, like bald James McAvoy, and then in, in two thousand you he looks he like Patrick, Pat- Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Right. <laughs> well, all those issues make sense. I think my biggest issue would be if they did say that this is gonna be like a continuation of these characters. I really want a, a fresh new storm in the MCU, um, specifically tied to Black Panther um, in mm-hmm. some way. Um, obviously, we know that, you know, we're probably not going to get the storyline of them being married, you know, which had with passing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think that that would be a great start to building this X-Men universe if they started with Storm in the Black Panther universe. Um, and, and if they took on those characters from the older films, I just don't see that working um, in the way that yeah. we it would it should. I don't know. They already ruined my favorite character from that universe, so fuck it. Who? Pietro. Owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which again, we've seen that like you know you can have multiple <laughs> versions of people that look the same that are different characters, but like I don't he know. Super speed. It's him. He was just lying. They got a record. That was the dumbest decision. That still doesn't make sense to me. Just sweep it under the rug and let's keep moving. You know what I mean? Like that character, 
He just all he has to do is just like run to his other other side of the room like real quick and grab like a glass of water and then and then never say a word and we're like oh you know we're good you know just mm-hmm. just do it like but WandaVision becomes a ten out of ten you know <laughs> you know how people were yeah. saying that they should just like without any context they should just change Brooklyn Nine Nine from them working at a police station to them working at like the post office, the post office. yeah they should just do that without any. Like just ignore the fact that he was ever Ralph Bone. <laughs> It'll work out. We will make it work out. Yeah. I'm here for um, it. So guys, Hawkeye definitely best Disney Plus show, right? <sighs> no, you're gonna get some heat from Jeremy on that one. He's a big Loki guy. I am, especially the latter episodes. I, so much I just, fun, we all went silent. Hawkeye's Everyone's so like fun. trying to process. <laughs> yeah. See, because this so is the I, thing again. Like we talked about, like when when you said, like when you compare like Winter Soldier with Infinity War, it's just like tough because they're both incredible movies, but it's like one's grounded and feels like it's part of the real world, and the other one is is fucking purple literally in, in space. Yeah, and and. So when you get to that point, it's just, it's tougher. And, you know, then, then now you've got the same situation here. Loki, which is out of time in this confusing TVA realm. And then you've got Hawkeye, which again is pretty much part of the real world. So it is kind of tough to compare, but I would say those are very, very possibly the best two. I think WandaVision, like you can make a case for WandaVision being up there as well. I think, um, I still think episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the best single episode of wow, any of the shows. Mention, man, fire. Yeah. Fire. yeah. Yeah. No, that episode was incredible. Fire. Absolutely. Fire. I just remember that was at the point when I was staying up till three in the morning watching all the episodes mm-hmm. and I would just <laughs> leave like a hundred messages on everybody's phones, <laughs> like the, like, Jeremy got the brunt of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I would send him like a million voice. Like everybody else, I would send like a couple Snapchats and stuff, just like my reactions and stuff. But like Jeremy, I would I would leave a good fifteen messages, forty text messages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Hawkeye and Loki are up there until Moon Knight comes and crushes shit. Yeah, it's Team Oscar Isaac over here. I, I do think that it seems like um, already with Hawkeye, it seems like they have a better idea of how to make a TV show. Because um, I think the first couple TV shows felt like, or like WandaVision was kind of all over the place. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like a really, really long movie um, versus like Hawkeye feels like a TV show. Um, oh, I, I 100% agree. That's the perfect way to put it. Absolutely. Sure. If you if you compare those, I I, I kind of felt like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the time, I absolutely loved it, but I had trouble placing it with any of the rest of them um, because it felt so long at some points. And I was like, these characters are so like beloved and and, and interesting. And I just felt like there were moments that um, it was kind of dragged out. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Loki is up there for me. Um, I am going to be this way until I die, but I am a Wanda stan. Um, Wanda Vision, a hundred thousand percent is my favorite. I just remember seeing it and seeing how di- like radically different it was from anything else, and just being like, "Wow!" Um, and it's not something I wanted really with the character, 
but after seeing just the scale of what it did to this universe and just the fans and the and the way it was uh the reception was i just can't compare anything to it i would say wandavision is probably my favorite um, wandavision was so unique but loki is a close second and i think hawkeye and loki are i'm still depending on the next episode hawkeye might take number two over loki for me i think that i would have liked wandavision better as a binge than as a weekly release um yeah i can see that i think the problem not the problem but just the mystery surrounding the first couple episodes like you didn't know what the fuck was going on and it was just like what's like tell me what's about to happen like obviously with the other things it's like you don't know what's going on like they were super secretive about the the kingpin drop and obviously they had to be but like when when did you figure out that kingpin was going to be in the show um when vincent alfredo tweeted before episode one i really love these marvel shows (laughs) oh okay because um in uh in the echo episode when it's showing her growing up and there's a big silly hand on her face i said that's yeah. kingpin oh yeah <laughs> that's like when i knew that's when i knew for a fact he was in it but like when he tweeted like when they put out the trailer for episode one and vincent d'onofrio like quote tweeted it and just put like i really love all these marvel shows i was like he's gonna be fucking in it like <laughs> i'm so, i'm so, i'm so glad that he is terrible at social media wait i don't think he is i think that's i think he's being tongue-in-cheek i think he, he is like i think he's just yeah. very like tongue in cheek, but like he knows how to promote something without directly saying, "Oh, I'm in." Without there. even being allowed to be involved. He's not a he's not a Mark Ruffalo type guy. Yeah, yeah. Mark Ruffalo would just be like, "Oh, I'm in this." Oh, like, you know that, like, yeah, you mean that oh, one scene whoops. where I was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the real reason they put Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie is so that he could go around the press tours with Tom Holland and make sure he didn't spoil anything. Keep <laughs> yeah. Are we did we talk about the Doctor Strange? Uh, fight scene at all oh we didn't that just goes back to show you that stan lee what he said about fight scenes that whoever the writer wants to win the fight will win the fight still still true i thought you go jay sorry oh no i wasn't about saying i'm saying hell yeah absolutely oh i thought um like obviously we've seen the mirror dimension and like trippy doctor strange sequences in several movies already um, so to just like go back to that and do it again, I was like, it's still fun, but um, they added a cool twist by um, just showing Peter is smarter. Like Stephen taking Peter there was confident that in that particular um, circumstance, he could beat Peter and he lost because of overconfidence. Um, he underestimated Peter's intelligence and that's why he lost the fight. I'm, I'm glad we brought this up because that was something that I kept thinking about as well. Um, and they, the directors like that did those interviews on the red carpet and all that stuff, they were talking about this movie having such a huge emphasis on his senior year and really just completing out his schooling. Um, and I thought that was interesting because they really did do that by tying Aunt May into all those scenes and getting her more involved and like the the college letters and you know the stuff at the school and I think they didn't really you know overtly show him becoming like really smart and because he's always been smart or doing this with math and there was just 
nods to him being, you know, a, a student that really wants to get into college and is trying his best and his, you know, good grades. And then for them to put him in that fight and him to think about it was so smart. Um, and no one expected it. I mean, I would have, I was like, what? And then <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know math. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but when they showed it, it was so cool because I was like, that's the, like the smart part of it that they've been showing this whole first half where they kind of skipped through daredevil and they, you know, you know, they did this, but they really wanted to show that. Um, and that's what they said was the reason why they didn't bring more cameos in it was because they wanted to put that focus on that character. And I a hundred percent agree. I think it was the right decision. I think that's probably why both MJs aren't in the film either, or I'm yeah. sorry, MJ and Gwen um, aren't in the film as well. Um, and, and I think that was smart um, to do it that way because realistically, how else would he won against Doctor Strange? Um, and uh, they showed half of the fight already in the trailer. So like, awesome. I don't know. Yeah. I got a peace out, Austin and Matt. I'll see you guys later. Thank you again. Yeah. See you, Jay. Thanks yeah, for having you later. Um, how, how cool was uh, Peter, uh, Peter's spider sense? Um, when his astral form was projected and oh, and um, he was moving his body, so just dodging. Like, yeah, I thought you were gonna yeah. say about the uh, how cool was the spider sense when he like did that thing when he was trying to figure out which villain it was that was fucking around and he had to, like yeah, he yeah. Out the goblin. I thought that was, that really, was really cool, cool too. Cool. I think they did a lot of cool stuff with that in this movie. I think um, one big thing with this trilogy that I feel like they didn't stick. Um, is that the way that Spidey Sense works between the three movies seems yeah. to change a lot. Yeah. And even in uh, Infinity War, it changes. Because, like, he gets, like, the... The hairs on the hair, his arm stand up. The hairs on his arm stand up, yeah. So I I think it's just... They they go with it, you know? I think it's just, like, whatever happens, happens with this Spider Sense. Yeah. I, th- I think that the way that they showed it in this movie is really good, and I think that they should just keep doing it that way. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the upcoming TV shows to just see how it's finishing itself out. Um, and I'm just looking at the placement of how this was. I, you know, I, I didn't realize there were so many that were going to be outside of phase four, like Loki season two, what if season two, Echo, uh, Agatha, House of Harkness, uh, the Spider-Man animated series, Marvel Zombies animated series, and an untitled comedy series um, are the things all of them announced outside of phase four. So we're not going to get them, you know, within the saga. What we are going to get is Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, Miss Marvel, the Guardians holiday special and Halloween special. They have a Halloween special? Uh, there's an unannounced Halloween special as well that is rumored to be Guardians Um because they have that Christmas one, right? Uh, maybe it's something different. Those um, Ironheart, Armor Wars, and an untitled, untitled Wakanda series. Gotcha. So we have quite a bit ahead of us to finish out this phase. Um, and then I don't even think the movies are announced yet to finish out the phase yet. Um, there are still some announced. I think there's going to be at least one or two more that's thrown in there. Um, you know, Blade was taken out of that. Maybe he'll be thrown back in. Um, Fantastic Four is supposed to be the one that ends all of it, though. So, man, you know, John, what like if you just look at like the cadence, the schedule of releases right now, uh, John Watts does not have a lot of time to turn around Fantastic Four. 
That's what yeah, that's what Gunn said about her, Guardians. Right? Someone's like, "Wow, like you've got so much time to turn around this Guardians three movie," and he's like, "No, I don't." <laughs> like, because it was like two years away or something. He's like, "I don't have any time to do this." Wasn't yeah. he working also, on? Uh, he was working on the the Suicide Squad movies, right? Yeah. At that yeah. point, that's when yeah, that's when they someone brought it up to him was like right when Suicide Squad came out. Someone tweeted it and was like, "Oh wow, now it's just like two years to like you got plenty of time before the next Guardians movie." He's like, "No, I don't." Yeah, no, he does not. <laughs> I don't think that uh, I don't think that Wakanda or Black Panther Wakanda Forever is making next November. I don't think that's happening. I think that how much I do, think, did they um, we don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I agree with you though. I, I think Latita Wright is fucking everything up, right? Because she's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I uh. I don't. I don't think they can turn it out in eleven months from now. I don't think it's no. possible. I don't think so either. I think they're on a slippery slope because there's this idea that they shouldn't uh, recast Chadwick, and I agree. I, I do. I am one of those people. But also, they can't recast her. Then you know. You know what I mean? Because they're saying they're not going to recast. But then, oh, you know, let's just recast this person. Like you know what I mean? People would lose yeah. their minds over that. They they have to come up with something creative. I would love if, you know, she wasn't the Black Panther. It was like, um, you know, someone different, like Okoye. Uh, um, I, I, I forgot the name of his love interest. Uh, Mbaku, like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think Mbaku should do Nikia. it. Uh, Nikia is the love interest. They could do Nikia yes. too, because I don't think she has anything to do anymore. Right. You know, great. Love it. Do that. <laughs> and then yeah. have Shuri kind of, you know, fade out, I guess. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised that Chadwick Boseman didn't have like a contingency like that. Um, you know, they Feige has said that they weren't recasting out of respect for the memory of Chadwick Boseman, but like I'm surprised that like Chadwick Boseman didn't have it like written down somewhere what he would want them to do with Black Panther if he were to pass. Um, Maybe it's since he was in like uh, poor health, a priority for him. Like it's not wasn't on his mind or anything. I don't know. Yeah, part of me wonders about that situation as well. It's it's very challenging to just think about, you know, when did it start for him? When was this, you know, moment where he knew it wasn't working out and, and he started becoming even more sick? And the point when he was he eventually died, like what that is is done to him what his thoughts would be you know and that's why like this this article came out this week about his brother being like oh he would have wanted people to cast him and i'm just like well we don't know what he wants you know what i mean like you can say like oh his his family member wants this or his friend like we don't know what he wants like he really could have had a totally different mindset and i just think it's smart to not recast him but at the same time it's it's just a very tricky situation for them to have this movie on schedule as already, um, but also with all these things that keep going wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to get going as well because I work at one. Um, but thank you both for joining and for being part of this massive experience. And Dabs and Duke will return. Welcome to part two of the podcast this is the spider-man extravaganza massive episode we got another guest today and probably another one on the way we'll see uh if jason gets here in time 
Um, but we got Miles back. Hello, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. Been tuned in weekly, loving it. It's been great listening to you guys. Glad that you guys are running and uh, glad to be back. Good to have you back, man. Thanks, man. So what were your thoughts on uh, on Spider-Man? Jay and I have discussed this a little bit already. I have I I love it. Oh my god. This movie has been really great. Um it's cured my semester and finals depression. This was like my gift to myself. Now I have like withdrawal, so I've been playing Spider-Man PS4 <laughs> just to kind of get that same feeling back. <laughs> but as a movie, uh it, it, I think it just balanced like nostalgia and like kind of like my expectations just as like a film like perfectly and so for that like I do have like small tiny gripes at the film but it's basically nitpicking at this point like for me it's mm -hmm. it's up there for sure as an event but then also as like a movie as well if you had to rank it right now just like shooting from the hip where would you place it I'm so glad you asked me that because I I was checking my list and I have it like in like a t like that top tier so like for me, Winter Soldier was like originally my favorite movie until Endgame and Infinity War came out. So I guess it would go Infinity War, Endgame, and then Winter Soldier in this tied. But like this is like 1A right now. And then Winter Soldier is like 1B or like 3B, gotcha. I guess. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It's just like as far as like an event and just like so much like emotional catharsis I got from it. It was, it's mm -hmm. it's hard to top that. Jason, you're early. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dabs, where's your new job taking you, bro? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm a worldly man. What can I say? Oh, that's nice. That is a nice background. I should get one of those. <laughs> How have you been, Jason? Where are we at? Did we, did we spoil the whole movie yet for everyone? Just yeah. by you talking about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jason Miles just gave his thoughts on uh, Spider-Man and where he where he ranked it. What uh, were your thoughts? Oh, you mean my own personal ranking system that I don't have? I mean, you don't have to rank it if you don't want to. <laughs> okay. well, I don't have this arbitrary thoughts. top ten list. Every movie you see, though, your last three movies always moves up to number. You're like Black Widow, number That's one. That's not true. This is I you didn't after say the that. Black Widow, I said, was number 11. I said, Shang-Chi oh, was I'm number sorry. six. Number 11. And then you're like, this Spider-Man, number one. This is number one. <laughs> In your mind. No, it, it was a good movie. Yeah, it was. No, I mean, it was a good... Um, yeah, it's probably in the top five. You know, it's no, uh, it's no end game. Oh, I think it's better than end game. Ugh, you're crazy. It's, it's no, uh, you know, it's no Black Panther. Oh, it's like top three. I mean, overall, you're just asking me overall. What do I think about this? Yeah, overall, what were your, what were your, yeah, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the acting very well. Zendejas acted like she didn't even still have sand stuck in her the way she wasn't like fidgety. I know she still had sand stuck in her from Dune because you can't get rid of sand that easily. <laughs> and, you know, and Tom Holland, he's got a, I mean, yeah, it was all like it was well acted. And the second, I mean, it really got, are we doing it where you, you alerted people to spoilers, right? So you're saying things that happened in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, just some people, I guess, completely you know, spoiler like, free. 
We're doing a Spider-Man well, podcast and not talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> well, I mean, it took a real comedic turn. That's when the movie really got good after Aunt May died, right? I was like, well, now we're gonna, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, now we're getting a bar room. <laughs> well, uh, no, I, I mean, you know, it, it, it's. It hit all the fan bases. It was for little fanboys. They got all excited because they saw all the little Spider-Men together. It was quite nice. It was like a, a vi- you know, like a fraternity reunion. They all knew each other. They knew it was. They knew the secret handshake. And uh, but it also it's it's the next journey in Spider-Man. You know where he's he's at. He's no longer a high schooler, and he's uh, he's matured a little bit. Uh, he won a fight against Doctor Strange. That'll give him some confidence and. A message for the kids geometry do pay attention to geometry it could get you out of a fight with a fucking wizard boom never say it you won't use that shit so um yeah oh is this miles, <laughs> hey, miles. Yeah, hey, what's up i don't think we we've been introduced did you try to find someone that's a little less nerdly is that what it is no i'm up there i'm i'm also <laughs> up there <laughs> So yeah, like top five Marvel movie, top I would say my top fifteen movies of all time. Wow, Ooh. you have five Marvel movies in the top fifteen of all time? No, no, I'm, these are two separate lists. I'm talking separate, like Mar- out of yeah. all Marvel top five in my all time movies, it, it would make the top fifteen. Okay, it oh. just knocked out Showgirls. So the ones Showgirls. more objective and the ones less objective. <laughs> Wait, yeah. it knocked out what? It knocked out Showgirls. Showgirls is sixteen now. Spider Man. <laughs> No way home. Fifteen. <laughs> so, what about Endgame makes it better to you guys than Infinity War? You two are the Endgame truthers. I feel like, at least for me, I I okay. So, like with No Way Home, I feel like it's just going to depend on the day. As far as mm-hmm. like if I like it more than Endgame, I think for me specifically. No Way Home relied on me just being a huge fan of Spider-Man, which I am. Uh, and, like, obviously that yielded great benefit. It just busted, like, a ton of records, like, box office-wise. But for Endgame, as just far as telling, like, I guess, like, this huge, like, what was it, four phases at the time arc that, like, just had so much buildup, so many callbacks and, like, references story-wise and, like, the flip from, like, Tony being selfish to being the one that sacrificed himself and like cap kind of also doing a heel turn as well i just think that had like a huger i guess story payoff than spider because basically now this whole spider-man trilogy is a huge origin story for the character so i just mm-hmm. felt like his story is not really finished yet which made endgame a, a better movie i guess because it was more like finality to it so would you say that like, would this movie be able to move up in your, like, ranking once this Spider-Man story is done being told? Yes, for okay. sure. Are you teams Spider-Man over Captain America as far as triage of movies? Yes. Yes. There you go. My guy. What about you, Jason? <laughs> you seem like a Captain America guy. Well, yeah, as, as much as I do love Captain America, oh, movie-wise, yeah, Spider-Man's better. I mean, just because he, you, he has chance for more growth. I mean, you know, he's like a, a high school student just gaining powers as opposed to some nerdy guy 
Bronx who can run fast. I mean, it's I mean it's a better better. <laughs> as much as I do love Captain America. And like I really you know, did enjoy Winter Soldier, but I also felt like Civil War as far as the trilogy, like even though it was a cap movie, I felt like that was more of an Avengers movie. I do too. It definitely um yeah, especially the latter part of it. Definitely. Yeah. Felt like an Avengers movie. Yeah. So like with that being said, I felt like even though like the the like the criticism of Tom Holland Spider-Man was like the Iron Man Jr., I can at least say he was like the main focus for like all three movies. I can't really say that for Cap's last movie and some of his second one. Even though Winter Soldier is still one of my favorite movies. Winter Soldier is fucking amazing. That's the second best MC film to me. Mm -hmm. I would say it's third best. But that's Mm -hmm. because I have Spider-Man above the other two. Okay. Because I would say Spider-Man, Infinity War, Winter Soldier are my top three. Okay. How does it make you guys feel about Far From Home now? Because Far From Home basically is like, I guess like it happens right, like literally right after the events from Far From Home. Because like for me, I originally had Far From Home below Homecoming, but it makes me appreciate that movie more now that No Way Home is out. So I I don't know. What do you think, Ed? I think... I don't know. I think a lot of people love Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. And I, I mean, like, he was good. It was just like, I think the whole idea of him being a villain that like Pepper or Happy could have just outed immediately if they wanted to, or literally any mm. of his coworkers. Like, like if when Jason and I were working at the news together, if Jason turned into this super villain and everybody was praising him for being a hero, and I'd just be like, no, he just hated our boss. Like, then, then. That's all it takes is one person, yeah. or a couple people from work coming and saying, yeah, this guy was just kind of a dick because he hated the boss. And But what if Jason pulled up and you was like, yo, if you do that shit, I'm going to roast you. You'll <laughs> never be able to live this down. I bet you, I bet you have second thoughts. Uh, I, I feel like he does that anyway, right, Jason? Well, Josh did say my, my work was barf. Isn't that what he said? I think that's what he said. I don't know. He said, he, said, my, he said you were unique. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what that meant. Or quirky. He said quirky. That's that's the word he used. Quirky. I love that. That you have a quirky sense of humor. I'm quirky. Go fuck yourself. How about that? <laughs> Jason's still salty. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'm that great guy. He's so salty about it. Jesus. <laughs> you know who the supervillain was? That's Ted. Ted's the supervillain because he secretly takes everyone's shit. I mean, for some inside baseball stuff, but he, he probably heard what everybody was saying behind his back and he's still plotting his revenge. I can't believe you put him first on that plaque you got today. I didn't put him first. That was the word. That's the, all the names I got from Jim. I was just like, Oh, you just put it in order? I was just like, give me these names. You know, he's like, we're going to make two plaques. And then uh, that's just how the order went in, I guess. Wow. I don't know. Nice. It's just my crafty way of not having to contribute to his retirement gift because I just came up with the idea and I didn't even add any money. I just went to pick it up. <laughs> I mean, I did have oh, to man. deal with the trophy trophy guy. but Jason's the secret villain from, from that job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Finessing his uh, way through uh, 
So I can't, no, let's talk, uh, Adam, let me ask you a question. Yep. Seriously, did you all go together or who'd you go with to see Spider-Man? Well, I was going to go with Jeremy as always, but then Jeremy was working. So I went with my brother the first time. Then I went with one of my friends the second time. And then I went with my parents like literally the other night because they wanted to go see it. And I was like, yeah, I want to go see it again. So I did. <laughs> Jeremy and I still trying to work out a day to go. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Jason, if you want to see it, I'm trying to break my end game record. So if you want to see it again, I'm down. <laughs> but did you literally go into a movie? Like, did you get out and then go see it again now? Pretty much. Yeah. Like it was like there was like an hour or two in between. Yeah. But I, I pretty much saw it back to back, which I never thought I would do in my life. But I'm glad I did because it was such a phenomenal movie. Well, do you think you learned anything new, though? Or did you did you like appreciate so what did you see that the second time that you didn't see the first time? The second time, like I feel like I just appreciated more about like the the villains coming through. Like the first time it was just like, oh, man, these villains are here. And then the second time I went, it was more like, OK, now I can appreciate more the fact that they're really continuing these storylines. Exactly. Like, really, it was it was a hit for me that Sam man when he came back, he was still like teaming up with Peter until he found out it wasn't his Peter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I really just appreciated more how the, the villains, I was nervous because I was nervous that they wouldn't continue it exactly, but they really did. And they found a way for Sandman to want to be an antagonist in that movie because he wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Defoe, I just think he, he I don't think anyone... Maybe Charlie Cox will top his performance, but as of right now, best MCU performance is is Willem Dafoe yeah. out of anyone. Wait, my period or just as far as villains? Both. Period. I would say he has currently the best standing MCU performance. Damn. I don't I'm disagree with that. Uh, like I feel like Robert Downey Jr. fits the character role as Iron Man, like really really well like basically marvel has compared like even the comics they have now modeled tony after robert downey jr but i feel like even like when dane dahan tried to play green goblin in the amazing spider-man series like everyone just compared it to defoe i feel like that's gonna be like the default like definitive i guess green goblin performance like i feel awful for whoever has to play green goblin or like any type of character similar to norman osborne for future films to come. It's just, it's going to be a hard act to follow. We're going to yeah, bring that man back into his fucking direct bit. To play I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. He's going nowhere. <laughs> and he's going to do his own stunts. Fuck for sure. <laughs> I definitely think those are the two, though. I think Downey's the other one. Downey's, as of right now, Downey and Defoe are the top two performances of um, the MCU. I think, I just think Defoe... I don't know. I just really loved how he played it. I love, because I watched an interview from him today. I, Jay, I think I sent it to you, where he said he wants to do all his own stunts, even though he's 66, mm-hmm. because he wants to really be a part of the role. And and he did. And, and then I've also found out that in 2002 and this year, he wore like prosthetic teeth to play Norman. Yeah. And then he took them out and used just like his natural teeth to be the goblin. And I just thought that was an incredible storytelling from 2002. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they kept it. Jason, what are your thoughts on uh, on on Willem Dafoe? <laughs> yeah, he um, oh, yeah. he encapsulates uh, mental illness very well. I think he does hear voices in his head, actually. So it's probably more of a method thing there for him. But yeah, Green Goblin's Spider-Man's greatest enemy. So I, I think it is imperative that he 
helped this this whatever this universe that that green goblin helped push peter peter along because he realized <clears throat> you know he's not wrong even though it cost him um uh you know aunt may or whatever i, I was hoping on her deathbed she'd actually admit that positronic was available on that 66 chevy and his cousin Vinny actually did <laughs> <laughs> she was anyway <laughs> no but like you know like that really pushed it like she wasn't wrong she was like you should help people no matter what and then that really just like she sacrificed his life to put that idea in her head you know the kind of like the uncle ben death so he was like because if I was Peter, right, and this wizard, like this grand doctor, uh, PhD, also has mystics, like, oh, they have to go back. I would just be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, they should just go back. I don't care. But Peter, like, dug in his heels and was like, no, I want to I want to help these people because fucking dumb, dumb Aunt May said to. So, like, you know, <laughs> she and he did eventually. And, it, you know, it cost him a lot. But I think he learned a lot. So, I mean, that was his next progression. Like, I am just here to help people. That's what I need to do with this, mm. no matter what the cost. Obviously, I'm never going to have any friends. Maybe, maybe won't have any sex, but that's what Spider-Man's all about. But I'll just be like all the nerds who love my comic book. Why be zero, zero vagina? But I'm I'm saving <laughs> the neighborhood. You know, it's a risk. You gotta take it. You could get some feast donuts though, like Norman. Nor that go. was so good when he was stealing the donuts in the background. Yeah. Like that was funny as hell. I just I remember that was helping my brother. I was like, he's stealing the donuts. <laughs> it was so good. So I have a question for the panel. What do we think is more believable? Um strange changing the spell to acquiesce to Peter's wishes five times. Or happy bagging Ant Man, which is uh, strange. Strange. The strange, strange is more believable. Strange. Strange. Okay. All right. This is Marissa one. Tomei we're talking about. Let's let's be realistic. <laughs> like, come on now. Jay, yeah. I know you saw a different world. This is Marissa. Tomei I did. You're right. You're right. Happy is my guy. I'm very happy. Played out of his league there. That is a generational performance by Happy. Being able to date her, put a 50, that's, yeah. that's a 55 to six. Kobe's 81 point game, right? But no, strange doing the spell. Um, at first, did you guys think that the writing behind it was kind of questionable? That strange session, because I was talking to Adam about my initial reaction, and that was my only gripe about the film. that I thought it was kind of ridiculous that Strange was going to do this spell that, granted, he didn't take seriously to begin with, but do it like with it being tampered so much and still continue to, you know, see it through. It just didn't seem believable for his character to me. And that's how, of course, you get the multiverse. So what came of like his mistakes were, of course, great. That's what I wanted to see. But in the moment, I was like, eh, you know, like that's a bit much peter being like oh no aunt may has to know he's like fine whatever i'll change it to aunt may and continuously possibly fuck the universe up whatever you know like it just didn't seem believable i don't know i i think dr strange's arrogance i buy it and we talked about it i buy it i think dr strange mm -hmm. and like that's the one like controversial thought i had when we were talking about this the other day jeremy was 
Doctor Strange might be more arrogant than Tony. Like, it's close. Those are the top two most arrogant guys. I think Tony might have a little bit of an edge still, but like Doctor Strange is more confident in himself and has proven to not necessarily live up to the abilities he thinks he has. Yeah, I guess like it was driving just the MIT text. thing for me. The what? MIT thing really just like, yeah. I think it was that that made it ridiculous. Like, I'm going to maybe fuck up the free balance of the world just to get your friends at MIT. Like, at his most simple form, it's kind of like... But again, there, I don't good. think I don't think he's considering the fact that Peter's going to fuck it up. I think he's mostly considering the fact that that he did this for that party to make Wong forget. And now it's just like he's he's doing it again, and he's like, oh, I've done this a million times. But he's not thinking, oh, there's this added factor that Peter's going to come and screw up. There's five up. added factors. <laughs> well, it turned... Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it though. I feel like at least like Doctor Strange realized like kind of how crazy that was in the moment, like afterwards, just because like he was like, oh yeah, like I know you probably called MIT and asked them to like review your case, right? And Peter was like, <laughs> wait, I could do that. Like that's a that's thing. totally like, me. That was I'm so totally glad me. they addressed that though, because my thing mm-hmm. was like, bro, you didn't like send out an email, you didn't call, you couldn't call like. <laughs> pepper happy for like a character reference like anything so i'm glad they addressed that my bigger gripe was the just reference to ned being like oh my nana said i'm i'm magical and then out of that was too yeah pulling a poor that was like that's just so crazy yeah that was again what it yielded was they needed it but yeah that was silly it was a plot device it was ultimately just a plot oh for sure (laughs) But Jason, what was your what was your biggest gripe with the movie? Um, well, I, I do have that. Uh, um, you know, Spider Man is supposed to be really smart. You know, Peter Parker. So I think if MIT saw that, it's like you're in the middle of a spell. I, I think he should know that he should stop talking. He would just like not continue right. talking. Someone's trying to cast a, a spell in front of him. But um, he, yeah, Doctor Strange, I felt was like way way too understanding. If he was really. Uh, to the multiverse he's just kind of let like peter parker do whatever he wants then he did leave him in his washroom he's just like you go collect everybody from this multiverse i'm gonna go i don't know whatever the hell he wants to do i'm gonna go fuck off yeah 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 Fuck off with my cape or something but it's just like <laughs> I, I i think this did set him up though like this is the like to also push the strangers movie because he's like hey if if peter could do this kind of thing maybe that's like how he um you know like it looks like that movie's going to kind of be like his what if character and he's he's going to really destroy the uh universe trying to get somebody back so like he's going to realize maybe he should try that so and that's going to end badly but um that i mean just that and, and peter parker's insistence that he has to you know i don't know cure a a, a, a lizard man i don't know <laughs> I, I would no, I, I wouldn't argue with Doctor Strange, that's all. You bring up the what if version of Doctor Strange coming in and it makes me think like Peter just made everybody forget about him so that the multiverse wouldn't collapse. And I get again the storytelling point of he's supposed to be more like the character from the comics, the character we saw in the other two series of movies. But it's just like to me, he did all of that for the multiverse to collapse anyways. Right. So I'm like, now it's kind of like he just wasted the sacrifice. And maybe that is a big <laughs> point that now he's going to realize, oh, I just did this. And now I, 
I just screwed myself over because this happened anyways. Because mm-hmm. because Sylvie and because Wanda were fucking with the multiverse too at the same time. So it's just like, I don't know. I think that it kind of already has undone itself. Yeah. I don't know. I'm also concerned with Doctor Strange. Like you said, Adam, like he's one of the most like one up there for like most arrogant like people. I'm really hoping like especially because like with the trailer that they showed that when he like just showed up to Wanda, Wanda, he was like, oh, I'm not worried about Westview. Like, bro, that was that's kind of a problem. Like, (laughs) that's a huge problem that we just like completely glossed over. Right. And like not only did that lead to another vision, it led to even though she's like technically subdued now. Uh, Agatha Harkness and then like Wanda having the dark hold which is like a big no-no for sorcerers I guess so like I just I don't know how you can just be like oh yeah no like don't worry about that just help me with my problem that's, so a, that's a good point I, didn't think about that. I just well, I don't know it, I want to see how they're going to write that well I feel like it's not just Doctor Strange's problem though like I feel like he he does care about Westview but the multiverse collapsing in on the MCU he he's that's he's prioritizing that I guess is how yeah. I think it. Right. But I do understand where you're coming from. Like Westview was a problem and he's just like, oh yeah, we'll talk about that later. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, right. He's treating but, it like a casual dinner combo. Right. Like it's not like actually like it affected like tons of people. <laughs> it's fine. Just you a couple missed. <laughs> you think it's fine? Uh no, but I mean, I don't think it's. I, I mean, yeah, I guess you should address it, but it's it, it's kind of like when you uh, when you go to Kingpin for advice on how to. If you really want to talk to him about creating a criminal network, you know, you can't like. Well, let's. He's like, how about all those Russians I killed? And we're like, well, let's put that aside for a second. <laughs> tell, me, tell me how to make Canadians. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's troubling. But Wanda's Wanda's a troubling character. She's yeah. got you know what happened there. Maybe who knows. In this movie, hasn't the Doctor Who Strange movie been like pushed back for reshoots though, which is never a good sign? Um, I don't think it was pushed back for reshoots. I think it was pushed back because like the cases are going up, and I think they want that movie to blow it out of the water again. Which, um, yeah, which I think, and is- it was going up against Batman. So, there you think? Shut up, Jeremy. Shut <laughs> they saw the Batman trailer. Batman. Got scared. Shut up, Jeremy. <laughs> Get out of here. I'll be scared too. I'll push it back too. Nah, back this is the multiverse. Nah. But they are doing reshoots and they are trying to incorporate more cameos, I heard. And actually, I don't want to spoil it, but that thing Austin and I were talking about in the earlier part of the podcast, the, the Fox Universe character Wanda allegedly fights. Um, I know who it is now, and it's going to be cool if they do it. Is it a character that I know? It's a character everybody knows. Oh, okay. So it's a comic character. X-Men. I think we all. Oh, I think I also heard about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Jay, you want me to say it or you want me to just not say it? You can say it. I'll forget it in a couple days. (laughs) Jay's new cool if I spoil this right now. Uh yeah. Is it Squirrel Girl? No, it's not. That would have been really cool though. They've disrespected her character. (laughs) Squirrel Girl beats it. That's that's maybe the only character they've disrespected more than Pietro in the in in the whole MCU. Um but it's it's Professor X. Oh, the uh, what you call it version? Uh, Patrick Stewart. No, I think they're doing McAvoy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. I don't mind. I liked McAvoy's portrayal. I just feel like McAvoy I would have liked to more, see the He has more longevity. Like I think if they brought yeah. Stewart in, they'd have to like kill him off right away, which they could do, I guess. But but what I heard is that they're probably gonna end up doing the McAvoy version because probably. they can do more movies with him. It makes sense. That'll be almost equal footing, or as close mm-hmm. as you can get. I still think Wanda. Thought it being Jean Grey. Right. I, that's. I think. I think it's gonna be no contest. I think unless it was Jean Grey, I think Wanda's gonna wipe whoever it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna put him on a T-shirt for sure. <laughs> so do you guys feel like with dr strange it's gonna be like an actual like event kind of like no way home was or is it just gonna be like a stepping stone for like like a secret wars type event or like the next like avengers movie because like they're introducing america chavez as well so it's like i, strange I feel like it's more of a stepping stone yeah it should be an event but i feel like the way that strange has always been positioned in the mcu people might not treat it that way just because it's Doctor Strange. At least with Spider-Man, he has cachet, even with him being newly introduced into the MCU no less than 10 years ago. You know, like, right. everyone knows Spider-Man. Well, that's what I yeah. think. I think, like, just with Spider-Man, it's 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 Spider-Man. Everybody watched the Tobey movies when they were growing up. Jason, mm-hmm. you watched it when you were in your 20s. Everybody watched <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody watched. Yes, oh jokes. <laughs> everybody watched. You know, just like hey, everybody loves Spider Man. Even if you're not like an MCU fan, like you, you, everybody loves the Spider Man movies, and especially with Toby coming back. I just feel like Doctor Strange. Um, I feel like Doctor Strange. You know, he doesn't have that kind of rep. Mm-hmm. So, like the MCU fans, it'll be kind of like. Endgame or Infinity War, where it's like an event for MCU fans, but like really outside of that, you're not pulling in a ton of other people. I don't think. You don't think Endgame or Infinity War? I think Endgame did. I don't think Infinity War did. No. Really? I don't know. I don't remember Infinity War having like like I think people really liked it once it came out, but I don't think people were checking for it. Like they checked for Endgame because of how successful Infinity War was. okay can i ask one question is how do you guys feel about tom hardy's character basically just being a cutaway for two end credit scenes and not even getting the chance to like even sniff the mcu basically free tom hardy i was talking earlier i think i think uh tom hardy and michelle williams should just be pulled into the mcu and they should not worry about the rest of that but also I understand Sony wants to keep making movies. So like mm-hmm. by shoving them back, by putting him back where he was, um, it allows them to do that. But it also brings Venom into the MCU. It was just literally a plot device for her. Yeah. yeah. So with the Craven movie with Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's just a phenomenal bag getter at this point, um, is he just going to do Craven's Last Hunt with Venom instead of Spider-Man? Is that basically what's going to happen now? I just feel like that's probably oh. the... Unless they bring Andy Garfield back in the Sony-verse. Oh, yeah. Because those are the rumors flying around right now. Right. Jason, what do you think about Venom? Uh, I'm sorry, the movie, you mean? Well, oh, the yeah, you talk about the movie. The movie yeah. about both. Credit I'm here for both. both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm a big uh, Tom Hardy fan. So I feel bad for him that he was so close to uh, 
you know, it's like you get into the MCU. That's like the lottery now. Your mate, like Charlie Cox, was like, "Yes, finally!" I mean, he's probably set for life. I mean, and I cheer. I don't know if anybody cheered. Well, my girlfriend cheered when Charlie Cox showed up. I tried to make her. Several other people cheered in there, but <laughs> we know how much you hate cheering in movie theaters, Jason. <laughs> well, who, who's if the writers aren't there? The directors aren't there. I'm a. <laughs> That's a good point, though. So they could like be like, "Oh, thank you." This is awesome. Well, it is. It, it's a felt thing. You don't give a dollar. You don't give a tip unless they fucking see you do it because you want credit for it. Like if the writers were in the back of the room, I'd be like, "All right, yeah, I could, or Charlie Cox's mom would be back there. I'd be like, "Yeah, we're excited." But <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the Venom two. I mean, the, the second movie wasn't as good as the first, but I, I think they could still. Um, I, I, they could have it both ways. I, I don't know what the, MC, uh, the I'm sure the uh, you know they have different plans for the the Venom. However, they want to do it probably for one of the next Spider-Man movies. So it's just one of those things that had to be done. I assume. And that's. But let's. Uh, how about this though? What did you think of Toby? Like I, I thought when I when Toby Maguire his first scene, he was a little shaky. I wasn't sure which way he was. Was he like trying to do like I'm the old veteran? yoda thing or i'm not i just want to collect my money i'm not super excited to be here thing like i i don't know it didn't seem like in the kitchen he wasn't like super into it though but i i think he was just trying to do this <clears throat> you know like weird wide-eyed thing like i'm i'm the oldest spider-man yeah i think my man was on his way to get some trauma and he happened to walk in the portal he's like <laughs> holy fuck what is this with toby i felt like he was trying to play it off as like oh my god like magic what like this is crazy but more just came off of like i'm potentially off of a gambling bender right now <laughs> yeah and it just but That'd like then he more, like like jason was saying like at like as the movie continued on he got more comfortable i felt like working with andrew and working with tom helped that but like immediately first in it just seemed like he was very very confused like he had just stepped on set and he was like hey guys like <laughs> want to put me in the movie like, he's like yeah like, damn what happened to you i thought the yeah i agree like i think i think once the spider-mans all started working together like they all got more comfortable i think really the scene when toby comes into his own in that movie there's there's the scene when he and andrew are talking about their experiences and sharing their experiences on top of the school there but i think really the scene that gives me is when they're talking about how like their different experiences on on the statue of liberty like it's less heartfelt and more just like fun loving like weird shit like web shooters versus organic webs and like people they fought and i just felt like that it was like more the actors talking about their past movies than it was like the Spider-Man's talking about their past battles. And then especially <laughs> then the scene when when Tom Holland's just like, I don't want to brag, but I was in the Avengers. And Toby's just the Avengers. What is that? Like I just yeah. that, that's really when I was like, okay, Toby's like real comfortable in this movie now. Like he's yeah. he's back in true form. I could also see Toby in real life not knowing what the Avengers are. <laughs> like like I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's so true. He might not. I don't think Kirsten Dunst watches like the Marvel movies at all because she made a comment about it uh, when the first Spider-Man movie came out with Tom. Like she said, "Oh, I don't know anybody's gonna care about that." Like because 
I think everybody loves the original too much to care about any new Spider-Man movies. Oh, she's yeah. hating. She's playing. <laughs> she's mad. She's not collecting a check anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think she's doing all right. She's probably fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's cool when you're not in. It's cool to hate on the movies. Anytime you want a good headline, they're like, "Ask Martin Scorsese how he feels about Marvel movies." Right. <laughs> right. They're like, "What? They're shit, man." <laughs> I can't wait till like Scorsese just directs like Agents of Atlas or just some really obscure Marvel property. And then he's like, oh yes, this is this is what I've been waiting for to really get my hands on it. It's gonna happen. Like oh, pull up enough money for Martin that he's gonna be like, okay, I'll do it. Does it have some mobsters in it? He might do like I can see him doing like a Daredevil Kingpin thing. The mob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll get like you a to play like Hammerhead or something. <laughs> Pacino comes in as Hammerhead. Oh my god. They just they, <laughs> they they CGI edit Pacino's head on top of like freaking I don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger's but no Arnold Schwarzenegger's too old now. Um I don't know, some big dude's body though. The guy from Shang Chi, uh, who played the Razor Fist. The Razor Fist, they just get him yeah. mm-hmm. the body of Al Pacino as Hammerhead. Yeah. <laughs> That could work. Back. Could work. Okay. It is my background, yeah. so I do want to mention this. I was really hoping Miles was somehow going to make it into this movie. Uh-huh. Oh, they're intro- into the Spider-Verse or just like their own MCU version. I was kind of sad that didn't come up. I think... Yeah. Oh, we got <laughs> mentioning that there, he, he's like, there's got to be a black Spider-Man somewhere. And then yeah. I re- yeah, I really wanted it to be like a post-credit scene. I thought that's what they were going to do with it until they did, you know, the Venom thing. Um, and then the trailer, which I'm not crazy about them using trailers as post-credit scenes. Like, I didn't really, like, I mean, I get it. Or like a future scene from a future movie. Like, I like when post-credit scenes are like standalone and you never see it again. Like, like mm-hmm. the yeah. post-credit scene from, I think it was Captain Marvel when she shows up to Earth and she confronts widow and captain america yeah like that mm-hmm. scene is ideally like how a post-credit scene should be and then also like the venom one from this one something that is like exclusive to this movie not a trailer and not a future scene and mm-hmm. so that's why i think like they should have done something with miles rather than just using the second one to drop a strange trailer like i'm grateful for the strange trailer don't get me wrong but yeah it's not a scene i feel yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like the the post credit was definitely weaker amongst the MCU, especially yeah, this phase for sure. Like this phase is post credit yeah. scenes that I feel like have been so strong, and I feel like the the trailer, the fact that, the fact that we got a trailer and like a a joke about Venom is yeah. like yeah. it was easily the weakest post credit scene of this phase so far. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I also I, thought that MIT, sorry, I also thought that MIT counselor was going to be like Miles's mom. Mm-hmm. So I was like hyping myself up for that. And just for that not to pay off was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And, and there are rumors that Andy or Toby is going to appear in the Spider-Verse movie to make that canon, but we'll see. Mm. I think that'd be cool. Now that what if's canon and they're making 
you know, transition between animated and live action. I think it's just uh, cool that they could make Spider-Verse canon, given that that is also like a top Marvel project. I can't wait for people to lose their minds when Michael B. Jordan gets recast as Miles Morales. Just without a mustache. Oh he plays every character in the whole <laughs> he's Killmonger. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's 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 Miles Morales. Literally everyone. Michael B. Jordan is. It's like who fan? Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you two, uh Miles and Jason, have you guys been watching Hawkeye at all? I have uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. What were your thoughts on this past episode? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Am I cutting out? No, I heard you. Uh, I'll just, oh, uh, just make it sure. <laughs> my thought, no, the the last, ep- I mean, they're definitely building. Each episode uh, gets a little, a little better, I guess, or a little more intriguing. So, yeah, I mean, the last episode really set up a good finale and, um, I mean, there is, it, it, it was a little messy. There was a lot going on there with Echo. And then, you know, now they got almost overloaded. It seems like with, you know, like mm-hmm. Superstar, Black Widow's sister. And then the speculation like, oh, who's uh, who's Hawkeye's wife? And where did, like he was using a flip phone. Then he went to a regular phone. Like, just, was he holding out for Kate Bishop? And, you know, you got the swordsman and his wife and Kate. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure how they're, well, they're probably going to be a second season, but it's, what I really like about it, though, is Jeremy Renner is like, um, I wasn't like a huge fan, not of just him in general, because he's a little like, you know, I like intense actors, but he's like borderline intense, creepy. But he, he seemed to like dial it down. Like he, he's become he, he's like embraced the role of a mentor. He's like a little soft, you know, like I got kids. Yeah, I'm going deaf. I saved the world. I don't want to be at this stupid musical, <laughs> even though it is should have that musical. You know, he's like, I, I just want to get home for Christmas. And then he's, you know, showing her some trick or showing Kate Bishop the kind of the ways, but also wanting to protect her so she doesn't have to throw herself off a cliff one day. Because, I mean, in the end, he's just embarrassed that he lost to a girl. He lost the fight to kill himself to a girl. So I, I wouldn't want to admit <laughs> people either. That is my favorite part of, of uh, in- is like when they have a fight to kill themselves and he loses. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even so said, losing five counts. Wait, crazy. dealing with beef. I was very. Get, don't get me. I was very sad that was that she uh, had to throw herself off a cliff. But um, and also, you know, they had a cool scene. That, spoiler, you know, where they actually showed what the blip like because you, uh, his sister. What's her sister's name? Yolana. Yolana. Face. Yolana. Yeah. Yolana. You know where I mean it was just cool to see her. She went into the bathroom and and that's when she got um that's when she got snapped. But it was basically just five seconds because she came back and they you know the lady that owns it obviously remodeled the bathroom and she just came out all confused and it was like what happened and you know and then you know you see the gravity of the the situation because she's like oh I have to go tell Natasha and it'd be like oh not so fast I got something to tell you <laughs> freeze frame that's yeah. another. That's another reason, though, like why I think it would have been better if they came out with the Black Widow movie before Endgame, because now you like in that scene when they're fighting to kill themselves, like it's like, oh, Natasha is about to like just kill herself, but she's got nobody like her family is the Avengers. But then you see, oh, she actually did have a sister that was blipped and she did have two like, you know, like adopted parents 
pretty much that might have been blipped and and so like so my whole thought during that whole scene is they're going to kill natasha because she doesn't have a family and they'll let him live because he has a family and and now we find out she did have a family and she was fighting to bring yelena back at least yelena if not the other two as well and and now so like her sacrifice means more but we didn't know that during a game because because we hadn't seen black widow yet and we hadn't known if yelena had been blipped mm-hmm. but. yeah i definitely agree with jason on the overload of villains that was my only thing i was wondering how they're gonna stick the landing in they got swordsman under there swiftly they just arrested his ass yeah. so i guess that's one person i was um, really hoping like with jack that he was gonna be like either like no so like i thought he was gonna be like oh clint like when he had the sword like his ronin sword to his neck i thought they were gonna like know each other have some type of rapport or banter not just like oh my god Haka, you saved the avengers thank you so much uh but now <laughs> it seems more like he really is just kind of clueless unfortunately um i feel like maybe that's just setting up him to mentor kate in a way like when clint's not there like he's actually someone that kate can rely on um instead of her mom because i feel like they're kind of just making a way for Kate's mom to not be in the MCU anymore. I'm not really sure how they're going to do that. Potentially Kate having to fight her mom. Um, But overall for the series, I've really enjoyed it. I just felt like with some of my issues with the previous Marvel films is like the opposite, not films, but the TV shows is the opposite of this. Like I felt like WandaVision and Loki could have been shorter like sometimes they had like filler episodes i felt like this needed like another episode or another two episodes to fully kind of develop their plot out because now like you have so many loose ends going into this week where it's going to be really hard to kind of balance everything unless you make it like an hour and a half episode um to really kind of tie everything together it is an hour you could say oh, it is an hour. it's the longest episode they've released yet okay but yeah you guys think daredevil's gonna show up now that we have kingpin and we have you know it is a ground level type fight yes, you know. like and he's been introduced now like i feel like that's yeah. only, it's only natural to maybe introduce him in this final episode and his ties with echo i don't i don't see why not i felt right. like that's why they waited for spider-man to come out before they released the last episode mm-hmm. just so people are kind of familiar with him before they release it Right. You, if he doesn't show up in the last episode, he's probably going to be in like a post-credit scene. Almost. That's what I'm thinking. Even if it's a post-credit, like I feel like he's got to show up. Like mm-hmm. that's why they scheduled yeah. this the way they did, where the first five come out and then, boom, you get Daredevil after Spider-Man. But guess we'll find out. Yeah. So, Miles and Jason, what's your favorite MCU show so far? Early in this phase. That's tough. I think WandaVision was up there just for like pure like speculation, just the amount of conversation it had and just visually appealing. I love Paul Bettany as an actor. Uh, that's mm-hmm. up there. I guess it would, it would go WandaVision and Loki just strictly from Jonathan Major's last episode alone. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Owen Wilson. Um, I just feel like they killed those two roles specifically. 
And then I guess it's a tie between Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then I like What If as well. But I just felt like the animation was kind of weird at points. Like it was a little unsettling, just like how they tried to style it. Yeah, you're an animation guy too. So I'm, I meant to ask you what you thought about the style of um of that. Because I thought that they would like take the approach where each episode has its own animation own style. style. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't know. Yeah. I felt like for they me, I I felt like it would have hit the landing more if they would have tried to do like that. Like you know how like they did for Star Wars Visions, where it was completely different mm. for each episode. I thought they were gonna do that. I felt like that would have made more of an impact on like the casual viewer if they changed it each episode. But it was I still a great a good story. Yeah, I think also COVID hurt them the most because like. They had to take out that Gamora episode and move mm-hmm. into next season. I felt like they couldn't tell an right. cohesive story because of that. Right. Shit, I forgot that they didn't do that episode. Yeah. Wow. One episode Tony would have lived in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were treating Tony like, I don't even know what. It's a ragdoll. Jason, what are your thoughts on TV shows? Uh, <clears throat> Hawkeye took over uh, number one because I think they're doing a good, you know, a good job, and they're representing the LARPer community, which I'm an active member of. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, I can get behind. Uh, my least favorite one, probably, and this is when I say least favorite, it's still good as I like it. But you know, the uh, Winter Soldier. <laughs> the new captain america and winter soldier series was kind of like that had a lot talk about filler like sam was just like nah, i'm just gonna go work on my boat it's just like what's going <laughs> could have been wrapped up in four episodes are we i mean mm-hmm. yeah oh it's going somewhere but it's like you can't track down uh, i mean i like the buddy cop uh i guess you know system they had going on you know the the rapport between winter soul you know bucky and him and sam but after that like the the storyline was kind of weak and um and I guess WandaVision, it's like, it took a while. That was a slow burn, too. It's like, what's, you know, I, I like old TV shows, too, but it's just kind of like, I don't know, get on with it. Like, it took a couple, like, you had to really stick with it. They're like, we're going to make you, this is our first tie. We're going to make you stick with it. I mean, I and I can appreciate that, I guess, sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it was a little, the first four episodes was a little just like, you know, get on with it as well. And, yeah, I mean, that was a twist. I did not see that Agatha thing coming at all. And had Kate um, and hate on Cat. She's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's of course, Loki. I mean, that's but you know they kind of left me hanging because it's like ah oh, season two. I gotta wait. I mean they actually built to something else. You know, so, and who who can't get behind a, a Loki, a Loki and 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 Will Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. Good. They did have ban- like good banter. Like I think every that's what every show's done well so far is just like establishing like the rapport between the like the two main characters, I guess. Besides WandaVision. WandaVision didn't really have that because it was mostly all just Wanda. Um but like I think Jason, like you said, like Sam and Bucky had that rapport. I think Kate and um and Clint, yeah, they kind of have like that that fun banter it's different because obviously like a different dynamic there with like mentor mentee but like mm-hmm. it's still 
and then like like you said like loki mobius like that was like just a good dynamic and i i just i think they've done real well establishing these relationships across the tv shows that we don't really get to see as much in the movies i mean you see it a little bit with like tony and roadie and you see it like a little bit with cap and bucky and you see it every once in a while but it's like this gets you like more in depth with these these relationships Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like with falcon and winter soldier that they really just use it to build the relationship more with like sam and bucky i felt like maybe they could do it differently like without the flag smashers like i get why they had to do that because of like ramifications of the blip and stuff like that but i feel like falcon and winter soldier or captain america and the winter soldier would have benefited the most from just potentially just being a movie out of like all the tv shows yeah, I could definitely see that being of all of them. That's the one that I think would have done best, like best as a movie. Like Loki, I think could have done it too, but I just feel like there's so much in terms yeah. of like multiversal shit and time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Loki that to be a show. It needed to be a show. Um, WandaVision definitely could not have been a movie. No. Um, Hawkeye, I guess, might have been able to as well, but. Christmas movie. Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that too. Like the aspect that they said it like at the holidays. Cause like, it's just, I don't know. It makes it even, even like you can make it as dark as you want, but if you said it at the holidays, it's always going to have like that little bit of like brightness to it, I guess. Like even soundtrack wise, mm-hmm. like I think like them being able to throw all these songs in there just makes it, I don't know, more cheery, like it's festive. Like when Kate comes over, to that apartment and she like sets everything up she sets up the tree she they like they start drinking together and throwing the quarter around um i don't know i think it sets up a lot of a lot of like fun scenes just based off of the fact that it's that at this time of year i definitely think that hawkeye has the um with kingpin in it now it has the best assortment of villains for any show so far um, you think about one division. I mean, I guess it was was good, but I feel like by even the midpoint of this phase, she might fall to the wayside. Granted, she's getting a show. I think that's just so they like implant her into our minds to make sure that we don't forget. Then the flag smashers—they were kind of underutilized to me. Um, conceptually, they were dope. They just didn't execute them well enough and then loki well you do have king and loki so that's what i was, I was literally about to say that i was like yeah they got, like, oh, possibly the best villain in the mcu right now like yeah uh, <laughs> who was even the villain before king popped up for loki i don't even remember Ramona. i haven't seen this since a long time yeah. right was, yeah. right but it's yeah. like to me to me though like yes king is the villain of loki but the fact that he's only in one show like that's why you forgot him when you were listing these days. Like, cause he's yeah. not the villain of Loki to me. Like he's a villain in Loki, but the same way like Thanos is in the Avengers movie, but he's not the villain of that movie. Right. Like I would say, I would say Kang is not the villain of Loki, even though he is the villain that at the end of Loki sets the course of this next saga. There you go. Yeah. That was yeah. the fine. I'll do it myself. Moment of, <laughs> of yeah saga. 
Yeah, I gotta do it myself. For sure. There was another thing that I just thought of in terms of this, like the multiverse, and I don't remember what it was going to be. Does this still confuse the shit out of you guys? You guys know what's going on? It's more confusing now after Spider Man. I think there's <laughs> mm-hmm. Spider Man raised a lot of questions about the multiverse and just like how come like do do the other multiverses forget who their versions of Peter are? Like right. because otherwise, how are those guys not gonna come to this universe, you know? Right. Yeah. They can just pop up, right. And how did the how did people knowing about who Spider Man was and like that spell? allow them to break the multiverse i don't know it's just it is it's all more confusing now i think i had a very good grasp on it after loki but i feel like i feel like now it's like slipped away because spider-man just raised so many questions jason you're shaking your head what do you think oh i i think we i i'm with dr strange we know frightening little about the multiverse <laughs> <laughs> Well, obviously it's a concept you can do anything with, so it, it, whatever they want to do to kind of fit their needs. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of like the ending of uh, Inception for me. Like, I read the Wikipedia page about the ending, and I grasp it for five minutes, and then the next day I totally forget what it, how it ended and what it means. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to keep, do you know, it is it is you have to keep reading about it for it to make any sense. And, of course, it just doesn't make any It's just a way to get characters together, really, in mm-hmm. the end. So yeah i just feel like they keep making rules or like focusing on certain characters that like broke the multiverse and then another show will be like no i did it and like it's like the ron swanson like who broke it like it's just like no one really knows i'm just like i i don't know obviously like that's the point so i i'm hoping multiverse of madness brings some clarity as far as that but i feel like it's just only gonna confuse me more which I'm also not mad at because comics are confusing in nature. So that's why that's why, like I was telling Jeremy, like when I saw it with my parents the other day, my dad hated it just because the multiverse just makes things so complicated. Like you think about those original Spider-Man movies, like the Toby ones and stuff, like in the Andy ones. You get to the end of the movie, and even though it might end on a cliffhanger, it still gives you like finality. Whereas mm-hmm. this doesn't give you finality at all like the finality like the the closure in this is just that spider-man's back to being unknown and he's back to like living alone in an apartment and just swinging around saving the city in a costume he made himself and that's the closure of this it's not actual closure it's just like we can be happy and appreciate the fact that he's just back to being classic spider-man yeah on that same note of Spider-Man, though, before I forget, I just remember it. I'm so happy they finally made Peter poor, like actually broke. Because <laughs> like for the first two movies, I'm like, dude, it's going on like all expenses paid vacation. He's like, he's hanging out with like super rich kids. I'm just like, where can I get like an actual relatable Spider-Man? I feel like there I need you go, to, Miles. Like, Make him earn it. Yeah, like I'm like I feel like I went to high school with this with the Spider Man. I don't I don't get the point in this. Like this isn't relatable for me at all. Like I just I don't know. It didn't feel. Spider Man like, shouldn't have a will and shit. Like come on. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. Designer glasses, like bro. Yeah, on, he has like Cartier's on and shit. He's buff. Something. What are you doing? 
So I mean, regular him game. being poor, make my Spider-Man poor. I like it. Make him struggle. <laughs> make Spider-Man poor again. Yeah. What I what I don't understand at the very end though is like when he sees Happy. I mean, I know it's a spell, but it's still it was hard to wrap my mind around because Happy was like at the gravesite, like, how did you know her? But it's like if you still knew Aunt May, didn't you know that like the dispel totally erased that she was living with someone that you probably did meet? Like, I don't- <laughs> That's a good point. Like, like, and then even on top of that, he says, like, oh, I knew him through Spider-Man. Yeah, I knew him through Spider-Man. I knew May through Spider-Man. And he's like, yeah, me too. So Happy remembers Spider-Man. He just doesn't remember Peter. Like, when MJ thinks about, like, where she got the necklace and stuff, does she think that, like, Spider-Man gave that to her? Like, do do people still remember just, like, all of their memories? Is it just, like, Spider-Man is swapped in for Peter at those moments? Yeah, I think so. That's the biggest I guess so. Like with the Avengers events, like that makes sense. Like you could right. be like, oh, it's you... just Spider-Man, and like that works. But like everything, like high school, like they have pictures of Peter, right? Like the like the, the trophy thing. case. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Is so like you have there? pictures of this random kid you don't know with pictures next to Spider-Man. You're just like, oh, I wonder who that could be. Oh. Like like <laughs> Peter comes. Peter comes into the cafe. He's like, I'm Peter Parker. Like, is she not gonna go into school and look at that shrine and be like, oh shit, there's that kid I just met at the cafe. Yeah, or just like all of the pictures that they have together. Like I'm for sure that like they took pictures together, like on her phone. Right, and she's like, like, like pinned up a on couple. the wall. Yeah, like in her. So room, like, whatever. does that just no longer exist? Like, I don't know. I don't know. He's got the picture of him and her, um, like on his desk or whatever next to the. Pelican. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, it's all confusing. That's, that's that's a really good point. I did not think about that at all. Jason it just doesn't make uh it doesn't make any sense but my my girlfriend Lindsay did have a good point like after this uh franchise is over and uh you know he gets dumped by Zendaya because she realized she can't go out with a guy who's like two inches shorter than her well no because in the preview of that movie he's going to be in a movie like Marky where he's all action but it's like nobody wants to see that it's like you're Spider-Man still what are you doing he's just like doing this yeah. action I don't know if you saw those previews and yeah. it's like yeah I'm sure really- yeah <laughs> Uh, reboot the Back to the Future because she's like he's almost kind of just like Michael J. Fox, just a you know like a modern version of Michael J. Fox. So I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe he could do Back to the Future, and it would fit in with the Spider like multiverse Back to the Future and be like a good time. <laughs> They're listening to you right now, Jason. They're gonna take your idea. The script writing has started. I don't know who would play Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Doc Brown. Oh Ooh. my god! <laughs> <laughs> I did. That would be that would make pre-sales go off, like, break the internet right there. Oh, absolutely. I think. I see. That's the thing about the Uncharted movie. It looks like it would have been really good if they got anybody except Marky Mark to play the other guy. Like he doesn't would, even look old. I know. Like, I think he's supposed to be like grizzled. Right. I really think that movie would be, and I still think it might be like okay, but like I just think Mark Wahlberg is not a good casting for that role yeah probably not but uh, i mean that movie will probably do okay but i feel like people would just be like you're you're trying to be spider-man without them like you're running around and you just have no powers and you're falling yeah. out pretty much There's, i mean I it's just like not a thing. I get it. yeah i feel like this is sony's idea to sabotage tom holland so he's forced to make like three more spider-man movies because that movie would just be bankrupt at this point 
they're just trying to keep him in a 360 deal. That's it. There you go. <laughs> I Deeper think he's signed out for one, yeah. right? He's yeah. at least one more. Yeah. But I feel like once Uncharted makes like minus at the box office because people are just aren't excited for it. Somebody's gonna be like, we have to recoup that money somehow, Tom. Then you owe us. So. <laughs> so Tom, what are we gonna do? Yeah. So do you think do you think Uncharted <laughs> makes more or less money than that Clifford movie? And also the Sonic movie. Ooh. Less. You think less than the Clifford movie? Dude, kids love Clifford, yeah. bro. But but here's yeah. the thing, Clifford's also streaming. So I think any parent I, is mm. not gonna take their kid to the theater to see that. They're just gonna put it on the streaming and they're gonna be like, here, sit in front of the TV while I make dinner or whatever. Like, you know. I feel like at least with Clifford, you can sell merchandise. I don't know how they're gonna sell merchandise for the Uncharted movie other than like another game. That's so true. it's like and they released all the Uncharted games for free, like last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they just yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Sonic, Sonic I feel like for sure. Yeah. yeah, Sonic is especially with how Knuckles looked in that trailer. I'm still convinced Knuckles is black. Uh, that's canon. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So I feel like that's going to be great. Well, the title of this podcast, Knuckles is a black man. Yes. <laughs> Miles Morales and Knuckles. That doesn't one do. the same. Knuckles is a black man. Knuckles is Miles Morales. <laughs> 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 you can't go wrong with Jim. He he really gets into his roles, so mm-hmm. right. I was just talking to somebody somebody about that the other day. How I feel like he just doesn't give a shit anymore about what role he no. takes. He just takes everything now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, is anybody excited for Revol- uh, Matrix Four? Yes. Yes. I am going Thursday. Let's go. I'm going to watch on HBO Max and then decide if I want to go see it again in the theater because I feel like That's it's going to, yeah, I'll, I'll go from there. That's fair. Putting up to the theater in the black trench, skinny shades. No. <laughs> you got to get the boots too. Got to get the boots. <laughs> yeah. You Is might. Jason, that... what are you saying? I think that might frighten some people because they might think you're carrying. If you're carrying, <laughs> that's the point. That's exactly why I'm doing it. Fishburne's not going to be in this one, right? Didn't they say? No. It's nah. um, yeah, yeah, is playing him. No, like they didn't recast him. him. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. that was at least going to be a different character. I didn't realize it was going to be the same. No, I, I, I don't remember how they said like they got around it because they formed it in the trailer but then yeah yeah had posted something on instagram where he was just like yeah i'm i'm playing lawrence fishman's character basically <laughs> i don't like that because lauren like Mar- morpheus i don't know I, I i it's like one of those characters that i feel like you can't recast you know yeah and i was hoping and the that thing is like a fifth one what yeah the thing is is like lawrence fishman just acted with keanu reeves too like not <laughs> like two years ago and um John Wick. John Wick. Yeah. So it wasn't like he nice wasn't available. Wick. Exactly. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm there for the ride. Yeah. Just Speaking see. of Fishburn, how do we feel about this AMA movie? I feel like that's one that nobody's talking about. That's gonna sneak up and it's just gonna be yeah killer. When does that come out again? July, I think. Yeah. Okay. 
did you guys see the the stuntman t-shirts with the correct helmet and kang and the correct helmet i felt like that i want that shirt i don't think him's definitely dying oh thousand percent hundred percent is dying maybe janet too yeah maybe luis which i really don't want to see that would be depressing. Ti's character dies in the first two minutes. Oh, they're gonna kill him off. Oh, like oh yeah, we gotta talk about that. How are they gonna kill off Ti's off kids? screen? Or they'll just send him back to jail. Honestly, they probably just send him yeah. back to jail. They're so gonna send do to like jail the, for what? The uh, Baba Yaga is gonna kill Ti. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Send him to jail for what he's probably gonna go to jail for in real life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, Sam and Jeff using seven syllable words for no reason. Also, oh, Letitia Wright. I don't know if you guys have mentioned this already, but like, are they just gonna recast her, or are they just gonna recast everyone? Like, they're keeping her. Marvel, Marvel thought about it, then they're like, "Fuck, T'Challa or Chadwick died, so uh, shut the fuck up." But you'll still be in it. But shut up. Seriously. Yeah. That's what they did. <clears throat> she won't be quiet though. And all her scenes are gonna be weird because everyone's gonna be like six feet away from her and not wanting to touch her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. It's not even gonna be that they're gonna shoot her against the green screen and she's not gonna appear in any scenes with anybody else the whole movie. It's just gonna be like her, and then you cut away and it's the rest of the people talking to her. Yeah. Oh, they're not. Yeah. And it's ball, that's all. So I don't know. I just felt like they should have. I know it's way too soon, but I feel like at that point you should just, if you're desperate enough to potentially rewrite the entire movie and like bring back Killmonger, you might as well just bring back Chadwick, like, and not bring back, but like bring back T'Challa, like at that point and recast, like, because clearly you want to make money off this film. That's the only reason why you're doing it. So I don't know. Just fully go for it. People would not let that. Yeah, I hear you. People would definitely going to fucking tizzy about that if that happened though but they're gonna freak out regardless because they're gonna they're freaking out about this movie so it's like it's yeah. i i see it more as like a batman thing as far as like someone's always gonna play the mantle but i feel like with the mcu that's sure. really hard to do yeah um, but then they also didn't rule out the fact of like another universal t'challa coming through to play because right. the person directing black panther not directing black panther who's like a showrunner was saying like this is it for mc like 616 t'challa but not saying that like any other universe can't come in and play the role that would honestly be probably the smartest move is at this point rather than recasting just grab a t'challa from another universe you know and then that way yeah pay the respects to chadwick and by not recasting that version of the character but also you don't have to give up having t'challa like honestly if they want to do that as a post-credit scene they could do that like just have another version of black panther come through the multiverse yeah 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 that that seems like the, the most right I, I have been campaigning even before Letitia wright was doing all this stupid shit on twitter um i i've been really wanting <laughs> to play the next version of black panther if they were gonna do that um but I don't know, because I really do think everything, all signs were pointing to her taking up the mantle. Yeah. But yeah. But I don't know why, like, I don't see a problem making it Winston Duke or even, um, I think Austin brought it up uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. He said something about 
like make Nakia do it because right now she has nothing to do because right because her sole role to this point has been the love interest for Black Panther. Right. So if she took it up, like then then that at least gives her more to do in the universe. Yeah. Instead of just being like a tertiary character. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't so understand. It. Ways to go. No. I you, like you know how much money she's given up to stand by her guy. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. It's like even if it was an experimental shot and I had a chance to make like five million dollars, I'd be like, give it to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. what swells up for several days or what i've heard i would i would take the shot for that like i wouldn't you know i'm i consider myself i live by a code but it's you know i don't know it's pretty flexible like for for 10 million dollars i'd be like all right you know I'll, I'll, or whatever you know I, I would take that shot um yeah i will inject it myself for two million dollars <laughs> <laughs> Like she's basically her. guaranteeing herself like 25 million dollars at least for like the next five mm-hmm. years yeah but like that's the thing with her too is like it's not even like you said if it was an experimental shot but like this isn't even like experimental quote-unquote like literally everybody else in the cast has it except her so like so what everybody else in the cast has it like just i don't know i it's not like it's killing people it's not like if it was something that it killed like three percent of people that took it like yeah i get being super skeptical about it but like you said for for millions of dollars to get it and it's something that hasn't been proven to be killing people why wouldn't you yeah i mean you know there's like sean penn crazy actor like you know intense and then there's just crazy crazy and it's like you're, you're costing yourself millions of millions of dollars i would just just you know what I mean? Just take the shot or I don't get a really good or at least don't tweet about it and tweet how it's, you know, whatever she's tweeting. Like that chick from the other Disney film that was like whatever, you know, from uh, The Mandalorian who got herself oh, in trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But just, I don't know, like, do you have to let everyone know? Just be cool about it. Right. Right. They're free thinkers. Hashtag free thinker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can Not tell like those other actors. Uh, or Adam, is your uh, is your Twitter account unlocked now that you have it a is, job? It is unlocked now that I have a job. Because <laughs> you stopped tweeting crazy shit about your podcast. What do you think they check? Do you um, think they vetted your podcast? No, I don't think they vetted it. And I think even if they vetted it, I you know it's it's up to code. We still haven't posted that first uh, episode you're in, so I think we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no it's it's fun i just uh i'm trying to elevate your podcast but uh it's you're you're fighting me you're fighting me like not getting the vaccine shot you just you're (laughs) i understand listen this one's this one's going up 100 percent. like no matter what unless you know you start you know being a fool right now more of a fool talking about all the things you did at the news all the questionable things yeah the questionable things like sleeping in the uh the booth at ted's hot dogs upstairs oh wait that that wasn't me was it (laughs) (laughs) throw it did you ever post that did they ever check that video where you throw cheese in my face throw cheese block at you yeah no i'm sure i'm sure that was a good video i'm glad we did that 
yeah, it was. Uh, it's it still comes up in my memories. Good. It is like a block of cheese. Yeah, you guys remember the cheese challenge where people were just like throwing slices yeah. at each other. So Jason wanted oh. me to throw a block of cheese at his face for for online content. <laughs> I didn't think it through though because a block of cheese actually, even if someone underhands it and it hits you in the face, it kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I held back too. Thinking back, I shouldn't have. I should. Oh, yeah, her boy. They left me with a black eye because it's <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I said don't whip it in my face, and you were nice enough not to do that, but still, it's a black like, of cheese. It would have been like that scene from, from it'd be like Clint having to explain how he lost the fight to kill himself. You'd be like, the people would be like, How'd you get that black eye? Oh, <laughs> somebody threw a black cheese. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think? Uh, Hawkeye is going to end though. Do you think Kingpin's going to be in it? Or, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like he's going to have and it's just all going to come to a big boil. I feel like it's going to be a big cliffhanger, just like the rest of the shows have been. I feel like Kingpin, it's going to end on Kingpin. I feel like I feel like it's going to be some massive thing. The mom goes to jail. I bet they take Swordsman out of jail. I bet we find out Swordsman yeah. didn't kill his uncle. I bet somebody else did. Um, you don't think he killed his uncle? No, nah, I think they're oh. going to probably probably change that to be somebody else killed him. I still think it's possible Swordsman killed the uncle, but I don't think. But I think uh, Echo is going to turn, turn, you know, face. She's going to be a hero by the end of it. I think what's his face is going to die. Kazi's going to die. I think the Punisher should blow Kazi's face off. I think that would be a great way to end it. But I don't think they're going <laughs> to I would do that. love to see the Punisher back um, And then I think post credit scene Daredevil. But um, mm-hmm. there's rumors that Spider-Man might be in it because when he's swinging at the end of the movie there, he swings right over where the final scene in Hawkeye is supposed to be. Mm. So there's like rumors that he's going to make it appear. I doubt it because of Sony. Um, but I think it'll be cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I anticipate Daredevil in the post credit scene making his debut as Daredevil. Mm. But I, I think Kingpin, it's all going to come to a head. I don't think Kingpin actually does anything, but I think we're going to see that he's the mastermind behind all of it. I hope we get to find out what Laura's doing and who owns that watch. I still think it's going to be Tony's watch, but I don't know. I think it's yeah, probably God just Laura's. That's what I've been hearing a lot of is that it's Laura's yeah. watch. Yeah, well, he did say someone that's been out of the game for a while. I think he, he would have just been like, that person's dead. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. Stark, but I, I don't know. You know, sometimes they do uh, mix things up a little bit. And I have revisited um, the. I just watched the Defenders, that Netflix show. That yeah. one wasn't very. No, and that's why they think Daredevil isn't going to end up being canon. Like Daredevil, the TV show still might be canon, but the they're saying that uh, Feige doesn't want it to be because they don't want to acknowledge Defenders or Iron Fist exists. Which is fair. That boring like it was a boring show and uh like well i mean the defenders didn't have a lot of time but they you know everything was just kind of mashed together and like oh we got to fight this secret organization but it's just like eh, it wasn't but yeah hopefully yeah i mean if daredevil just gets his own movie then they could fix all that i guess right especially with like the new um iron fist being like i guess closer tied to shang chi I guess like the one they just wrote, not um, mm-hmm. 
Danny's Shang-Chi. I'm not Shang-Chi, Danny's Iron Fist. I feel like that will be like a good, you could just introduce them in like a Shang-Chi credit scene. If you still want to do Defenders, you can. Definitely. Just Perfect segue. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Do you ever feel you know come out a universe that doesn't really exist though? Like all this MCU really doesn't mean anything in the big scheme of things. Like we keep learning more and it, it is like fascinating, but it's like this really has no basis in anything, <laughs> any kind of reality. I mean, yeah, like all this speculation, but then I think about it in terms of like the NFL draft. Like people give a shit about the NFL. Like people will release mock draft after mock draft, like 30 mock drafts going up to the mm. NFL draft. And then the draft happens, and then in like the span of two hours, all those mock drafts that they worked on for hours and hours and hours are all just rendered meaningless, useless. Yeah, and so like I feel like it's kind of similar speculating on what's going to happen in the future of Marvel because like obviously when these movies come out, we're going to find out exactly how the story plays out. But I think it's I, I don't know I I enjoy speculating on it. Yeah. Speculation is is the most fun part to me. Mm-hmm. Well, we're playing right into Marvel's hands. That's what they do. They have like these peaks <laughs> and then people like that one guy that does trailers, I think they speculate that he makes like $30,000 a day on YouTube, but I, he's pretty, you know, that one guy who just like, as soon as like Hawkeye comes out, he's like breaking it down scene by scene. Oh now. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. like, I mean, he puts in the work he's doing a lot of dedication, but it's just like, where, what do you do for other times? Cause he's just like on everything. Mm-hmm. And what they mean, you know, good. Like that's something you should do, Adam. I mean, I could. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of what we're doing with this this podcast. I just don't want to. That's just too much work. Like the podcast is like fun, but it's like very easy. Whereas like having to jump on it right away and trying to get around the rights to getting the content to break down everything, it's just it's a it's a mm-hmm. lot, and you know I don't have time for that. That's why I don't edit the podcast. Yeah. Like, that's why I just throw them up organically except for that one you were on you mean the best podcast you ever did yeah it'll come out of the vault one of these days it's coming soon no i understand you should put that one behind a paywall because obviously that was it was a great podcast i mean my podcast about uh no way home is already up i think i reference dabs and dukes as i do i do i try to make one dabs and dukes reference per my podcast thanks jason I mean, it's not complimentary. <laughs> Everybody go listen to the Movie Madness podcast. It's Jason's podcast. We're going to reference yeah. it like we do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. I listen to you guys. Very controversial fast food discussion. Oh, <laughs> from, from a couple episodes ago? Yes. About yeah. uh, the Chick-fil-A slander has to stop now. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A right slander? Now. Fuck their ethics. Thank you. Fuck their chicken. Their sauce is good, but it's not worth it. It's like going to going to fast food for ethics. It's like going to Chick Fil A for their sauce <laughs> is like going to Arby's for their curly fries. Really good, but not worth going there. And they sell the Chick Fil A sauce in the stores, so it's like may as well just buy that and eat your own chicken that actually tastes good and not like it was pulled off of somebody's car. Uh, it's chewy. Chick-fil-A chicken too chewy. It's not like we're talking about like a Burger King chicken parm here. This is a Chick-fil-A chicken. There you go. Nah, chewy. Chewy. It's like eating a tire. Uh, No one's perfect. 
What? Are you guys of sex in the city? What? The sex and the city. You guys oh, up on that? You want and they killed off Mr. Big? Or he's a... Well, yeah. He got killed by Peloton, right? <laughs> yeah, when they, they killed that off was Mr. Big on the Peloton. And Peloton stock dropped <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> because Mr. Big is uh, a, an assaulter or uh, a non-consensual thing. Damn. Well, it's so... Well, not that. The thing that's stupid is they, you know, he they showed the scene on the Peloton. Then he alleged, you know, he had a heart attack in the show. And then Peloton had to come. Peloton stock actually dropped fifteen percent. So Peloton had to come and be like, you know, we don't give people heart attacks. Uh, Mr. Big ate a lot of steaks, and I don't know, cheated on Carrie a lot, so that's bad on your heart. <laughs> and then they actually did a commercial like Brian Reynolds directed. And then I think they paid that dude a million dollars, which they should get back. Because then right after that, then all the allegations, you know, they showed him on the Peloton like, hey, my heart's fine. And then the, all the allegations came out by, oh, by the way, you know, you're a rapist and you've raped like three or four chicks. So now it's Jesus. just like, like, you know what? Our bike does kill a uh, rapist. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's clapping behind the computer screens. That's yeah, what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to make a, a Chick-fil-A uh, kill somebody with a heart attack in a TV show. Kill Paul Walker just... via heart attack. <laughs> I'm Big. just so conflicted by that. Around. Look, look, look. I just, it really, it's just too chewy. That's that, and that's the bottom line on on their chicken, in my this opinion. This is the last you've had. You've had an original chicken sandwich from there, buddy. <laughs> I had to be like 2018. I'm not. I can't. I can't go back. Ch- Vin Diesel and the Eat More Chicken Cow are gonna be so upset at you after this episode kfc is superior to chick-fil-a let's go do a live podcast from chick-fil-a we'll talk bad about it we'll talk about abortion we'll talk about abortion, <laughs> abortion. Yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about Ask that them what they think about abortion yeah they'll be like god bless you yeah and then we'll go buy a bunch of Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Hobby Lobby, you want to go? You want to go buy the My Pillow Guys book at Hobby Lobby that they have advertised at the front of their stores? It's it's like right in front of the cash register. I mean, oh, maybe not it? anymore, but at least a couple months ago when I was there, uh, there was his book right in front of the cash register. It's, it's probably still there. Yeah, probably. It's not going anywhere. No. Nah. People enjoy it. Well, you can't. No fast food's ethical anyway. You know, it's just like. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're killing. I feel like I feel like there are very few fast food establishments that are outwardly homophobic. Right, but it's, it's like who else? That's what I'm saying. I can't think of another fast food joint that's just like. Oh, so you can't think. Yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. Nah. You separate the product from the. I wouldn't be surprised. What, Jay? I wouldn't be surprised if Arby's came out like, yo, we don't. Well, we Arby's is garbage there. too, so I have no issue not eating there because I already don't eat there. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Jason, what were you saying though? You got to separate oh. the product. Separating the product, you know, like I still listen to R. Kelly. Oh my God. No. <laughs> it's the re- Are you saying it's the remix to this chicken? Yes, this is where. Oh, God. <laughs> Chicken sandwich is the step in the name of love. 
<laughs> this is like a, a flight that just gets more and more turbulent. Oh, I don't. I, I, I know, don't feel good. Hey, we brought Jason on. You know what you signed up for when we brought Jason into this. Yeah. And the pilot's like, I got this, guys. I got this. I've been in training. But he does not at all. <laughs> no, this is all edit point. Wait, you're trying to say you don't have albums? He's still a comic genius. <laughs> he doesn't swear. I can't get behind people not swearing in comedy for some reason. <laughs> it makes it less funny. Well, no, you gotta throw a couple fucks in there. <laughs> Jay draws the line at not swearing in comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a strong sense on that. You need to swear. You should probably, I mean, you should have at least one fuck in your set, I guess. At least one swear word just to spice it up, you know? Yeah. I just yeah, did a, uh, no. <laughs> I did a private gig for. For some volunteer firemen, and there was like kids running around, so I yeah. literally had to school my whole act because obviously I don't have a very kid-friendly act. So I had to write twenty minutes of uh, Jerry Seinfeld type material. <laughs> it didn't go over. The kids weren't impressed with me, nor was Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, Jay, I want to get like a six. Fuck, you suck. I can't. I can't argue with a six-year-old. <laughs> Jay, how do you feel I about? I don't, I don't come to your daycare and knock the diaper out of your hands. I, you just say, I just a six-year-old heckles you. You go, you got to agree. You're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I do stuff. Okay. That's when you say Santa isn't real. <laughs> yeah. <eat> the cookies. <laughs> the whole room would have turned, including the guy that was playing Santa in the corner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the scene in Elf when he starts just chasing you with the, with, the, with like a stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knocking down the leg of Throwing fit, yeah. I should, and then I just rip the beard off Santa and prove it to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, do you uh, so you said you don't like when com- like comedians don't swear? Like, how do you feel about Jerry? Because I know you're a big like Larry David Jerry Seinfeld guy. I am, I don't like Jerry's stand up, however, in Seinfeld, like okay, yeah, yeah, I just like him in Seinfeld. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, they try Hanks callback. See? Gotta get Chet Hanks in more and more things. Yeah. Just have him permeate. permeate. MCU is gonna have a white boy summer. That's what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. White boy summer sweatshirts. Chet Hanks is T'Challa. Phase five. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my goodness! If I hear Chet Hanks call a Koye or Nakia an island girl, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> Do you think Tom more embarrassed of Joe versus Volcano or his son Chet Hanks? Which is <laughs> his son Chet Hanks by a long shot. By a long shot. <laughs> by a long shot. Yeah. He doesn't even follow Instagram. I feel like he's he's just like Rita. That's your son. Deal with him. I don't want to fucking talk. <laughs> it's like I got movie, one. You know, twins. Yeah. The movie Twins with with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It, it's like that. Only Chet Hanks is the DeVito, and uh, Colin Hanks is the Schwarzenegger. A thousand percent. <laughs>
someone said someone said it's the the, the those two are uh like the epitome of nature versus nurture <laughs> well i think we poor chat i don't know what i don't know what went wrong there well you know you can't have two kids like your brother like two two siblings are always usually very different like adam you have a brother i'm sure he's actually probably pretty funny and uh social <laughs> awkward you know, it's the reverse of what your sibling is <laughs> am i wrong i mean correct me if i'm wrong i mean he's not socially awkward i wouldn't say that well there you go so he's different from you he's definitely probably the funniest person i've ever met <laughs> honestly though shut up shut up jason <laughs> Like my sibling, my sister's totally different from me because she's a girl and I'm a boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you got any other topics? The show. Where's your little board? What's next? That's um, yeah, that's really all I got. I think. Hold on. That's me... it. We're just shooting this shit. Yeah, we're yeah, we're just kind of fucking around now. Um, let's see. There was a thing of 21 questions about no way home that went unanswered and i thought a lot of these were very like good oh electro the fact that he didn't know who spider-man was yet he came through the multiverse anyway so my understanding was is that i thought he knew that peter parker was spider-man but he didn't know what peter parker looked like okay that's kind of just how i summed that up in my own head where i was like okay like he just Dane DeHaan told them who I'm not even calling him Green Goblin. It's Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan told them who Spider-Man was, but he just had no idea what he looked like. Gotcha. Oh, the fact that MJ's last name is now Watson officially, even though she doesn't use it. Which if you like think back to like the original Toby movies, like she didn't have a good relationship with her dad, but it seems like yeah. Michelle Jones does have a good relationship with her dad at least. So I don't yeah, know. Maybe by Watson. Maybe her mom. I don't know. Like maybe it's just like yeah. a family thing she doesn't want to talk about. Yeah. I'm glad they made her work at a diner though. So that was cool. Like kind of like a callback to when she worked at the diner. I think in Spider-Man One, like yeah. the "Don't Tell Harry." Right. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that and Jay, we talked about this earlier. Um, how the daily bugle afford, affords a truck and a helicopter even though it's a website <laughs> yeah that is pretty out there for them it's like they're amazon just they can have the money Let's see thought there was something else that like oh like how it affects the other universes like is now like because oh, doc Ock doesn't die goblin doesn't die if yeah, doesn't die, that means Harry doesn't really become Goblin, um, and it just changes like right. so many things. But the good thing is uh, that Topher Grace's version of Eddie Brock is still dead, so that's cool. Um, I can sleep soundly at night knowing that they still killed that version of that character off. <laughs> yeah, that's like all I got from here too. I did like the addition of uh, Captain America's shield to uh, the Statue of Liberty. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm glad they knocked it off right away. <laughs> What's up, Miles? 
Oh, you're muted, I think. What the fuck? This two miles? The two miles is it's the miles verse. Yes. What the hell? There we go. This is what's thing. happened. <laughs> I got rid of the other one. I absorbed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is getting wonky now. This is the most ambitious episode of Dabs and Duke yet. It is. You still want to try to shoot for six guests? Yeah, let's go for it. I'll hit some more people up. All right. Um, I can get my brother if you want. Okay. If you wanted to try to just get one more. Someone. All right. Yeah. We still need a, a Sandman for that. Uh, oh, that yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to show you. Podcast. What? Are you trying to make this like a Sinister Six podcast? That's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely Electro. Nope. Miles is Electro. Jason, you're uh you're lizard. I'll show you. Damn it. Like getting a thimble. The thimble in Monopoly. <laughs> that you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, did, you, did you have that ready already? That's really fast. Yeah. It's nice though. I got I got everybody on here as uh we, we were still looking for our Sandman, but uh but we got everybody else. There's our well, at, least my, at least I retain my good face, and the rest yeah. of me just becomes like I, I could actually live with that. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I think you should. You should start experimenting. <laughs> Slowly become a lizard. Yeah, more of a lizard. <laughs> well, he had a good vision. He just wanted to help people out. He wanted to help them evolve. You have to help. You know, sometimes you got to bring people kicking and dragging. Yeah, because evolution is going to matter once this world crashes into the sun. Is that what's going to happen? We're going to break orbit and the Earth is going to go right into the sun? No, the sun's just going to keep getting bigger until the Earth eventually crashes into it. Okay. I mean, it's not going to happen for a couple billion years, but that's what's going to happen. Oh. So what's his face from the first oh. Venom movie had the right idea? Drake trying to get off the planet and get out into space. Well, that's yeah, yeah. But also, the 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 universe one day is also gonna you know end. So that's that's not really sustainable either. So we're getting bleak on that. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! This is what I think about all the time. This is always going on up here. We are deny this on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. The heat death of the universe. We do not care. <laughs> we just gotta become a venom hive mind, and that'll solve all our problems. Go get across all universes yeah. once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. Multiverse. We gotta find the real multiverse if we're ever gonna yeah. save humanity. Please clip what you just said about the universe ending, and have that be the only thing. That's going to be the trailer for this episode. episode. Yeah, literally just that. People are like, what the fuck is going on? The Sinister Six and the heat death of the universe. (laughs) Yeah. The high mind. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, does anyone have anything else? Well, you know, I I do believe in parallel universes. Is that the same thing? How would that be different than the multiverse, though? No, it's the same thing. Really? Mm -hmm. I think there's a just another Jason who's, you know, making better decisions, not doing podcasts and, you know, excelling in life. Yeah. 
not not hanging out not that i'm not excelling but you know maybe if maybe we've all moved past podcasts <laughs> that's yeah, my so final shout out to that's, that's your final note jason <laughs> miles you got a final note that's less bleak my my final note is that for spider-man tom holland's gonna do great in his next trilogy the 360 deal sony has a generational Kate Bishop is going to use a block of cheese and Hawkeye will be using a twisted teeth. <laughs> block All of right, cheese well, is a good... <laughs> what did... A block of cheese is a solid weapon. You could knock somebody out with a block. That's a good weapon. Yeah. Hawkeye can knock somebody out with a quarter. I mean, imagine what he could do with a block of cheese. That's uh, true. Just, just loads that up in the boat. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Um, we're probably going to do part three. So if we see you in part three, then thanks for joining us in part three. And if we don't end up getting there, then until next week, uh, here comes the death of the universe. Yeah. Jay, you got a final Goodbye, note? universe. Uh, I just want to go on record and say that this is the first podcast to have two versions of one person along with another guest. So we are truly accomplishing different shit on this podcast, something that no other podcast can say that they have done. Yeah. Greatest podcast on the face of this earth. Hell yeah. Miles one and Miles two and Jason, thank you so much for being <laughs> on the podcast. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for joining us for In the Loop. Oh, that's Jeremy's other podcast. That's my bad. <laughs> Benny. <laughs> Good one. Uh, Love it. All right. Make sure you listen to Movie Madness. Miles, you got anything you want to promote right now? Uh, check out Emma Hervey Art when you guys get the chance. Um, I'm trying to just get as good as Adam eventually, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get there slowly but surely. You're kicking ass, Miles. Thank you two for joining us. All right, everybody. Welcome to part three of the Sinister Six episode. We got our last two guests here. Jeremy, however, has disappeared into another multiverse for the remainder of the episode. He uh, He did say... I should go on without him to finish this off because we did want to do the Sinister Six thing for you guys as a treat um, because this is our last episode of the year. So uh, the mega episode concludes today. We've got two special guests, one returning, one new. Uh, Ryan, you want to start since you're our returning guest? Hello, I'm Ryan. What do I say? That's, I mean, that's good enough. All right, perfect. Good job. All right, Ryan Falk is back in the house. And finally, my brother, Matt Duke, he's here. Hello. He's joining Dabs and Duke for this Sinister Six episode. What do you guys think of the movie? It was good. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. It's pretty much what I got for the time being. <laughs> what did you think? Or your... yeah, after watching it, I had to, to sit on it for a couple, couple days. And it's it's... My second favorite MCU movie. I still have a love for Infinity War, but it was it's it's it is amazing. See, that's my S-tier. thing. I've been talk- what? S tier. S tier. Yeah, I've been talking with Jeremy about it, and I got to rewatch Infinity War because I do think it's close. Personally, right now, I still have Spider Man above Infinity War, but also I've seen Spider Man now four times in the past week, and. I uh, have not seen Infinity War in a couple months, 
So I should probably watch that again just to kind of remind myself how absolutely amazing that movie is. And then and then kind of decide. So um, the new Spider-Man is, is up there for me. It's probably one or two. Um, I don't have the same. Infinity War is not as high up for me as it is for you guys. I like the classics. Captain America and the first Avenger is probably my other It's a good thing Jeremy's night. Literally earlier in this episode, Jeremy was shitting on that movie for being boring. Oh, I love that movie. It makes sense though, like you being like a history guy and stuff, like that movie like resonating more with you. Yeah. And and but like I don't know. I I of the three Captain America movies, I think it's the weakest just because they really fought they followed it up with Civil War and well, Winter Soldier and then Civil War. And Winter Soldier is, in my opinion, a top three Marvel movie and Civil War a top five. And it's just like it's tough to do, but like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't think First Avengers is bad by any means. I think it's still a great movie. It's just when they followed it up with the other two, it's just it blows that out of the water, in my opinion. Uh, has a place in my heart. Yeah, I know that. Plus, it's got Tommy Lee, and I know you like Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee, yes. He's still skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Um, man, I already know the answer for you because it's, but Ryan, who was your favorite villain in this movie? I mean, personally, I know everyone likes Green Goblin and Willem Dafoe's performance, but I, I think I like Jamie Foxx and Electra the best. I thought he killed it. And just, I don't know, just the way that they brought him, like he, they changed him and stuff for the, in the new universe. I thought he just just killed it. Yep. I think they were all very good. Jimmy Fox was very good, but um, I don't know. I love Willem Dafoe and Willem Dafoe is amazing. And he did not disappoint in this movie. Um, I like how they uh, kept a lot of things the same between like the Toby Spider-Man movies and this movie. Like they kind of kept the character consistent. It was kind of cool just to see how they did that and stuff like that. And Willem Dafoe is just a phenomenal actor and phenomenal person. So um, it was just awesome. He was awesome in the movie. He was my favorite. Yeah, what I found out, I, I liked Willem Dafoe the best. I think it's the best performance. It's it To me, it rivals Downey's performance as Iron Man for the best. And I said this earlier in the episode, for the best performance in the MCU to this point. I also think Alfred Molina was amazing. As I was going to say that. I yeah, think, he's awesome. I think the way they did that character in this, having him be the guy that, like, the first one to turn around, like, I think that was, I think he was the, the character to do that with. And I think Goblin was, like, he had to be the last one. He's the one that started yeah. all of this. He had to be the last one standing. Um, so I'm glad they did that. And then uh, everyone turned, like, when they were trying to turn everyone good, everyone turned back to evil except Otto and Otto kind of got away. So you're like, what happened with Otto? Right. And then he was the one who came back. And when he like takes the thing off of Electro, you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. That was like just that moment. I just think all of it with, with Otto um, was great. But like I said, I think yeah. Goblin was the best in my opinion. And I think uh, like, just like reading up on him the past couple of days, like the fact that in 2002 and now they gave, Defoe fake teeth for when he's playing Norman. And then he like he would take out the fake teeth and he would have just like his regular teeth to be a goblin. Yeah. yeah. And then he uh 
And then the other thing, I watched an interview with him and he was saying like, when he took the role, he told John Watts and Amy Pascal, he said like, I don't want this role if it's just going to be a cameo. And I don't want this role if I can't do the stunts and have fun with it. And that was- I love that energy. I love that energy from an actor playing any role, but like, especially in like the Marvel universe, which like I hold so dearly, like it just means a lot that he cared that much about that character. Yeah. Like I said, he's a phenomenal actor. He really dedicates himself to his craft. He's Jesus Christ for God's sakes. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, but no, he is, he's, I don't know. He's awesome. I've loved him in everything I've seen. Like, I don't think there's been a movie where Willem Dafoe's been in it and I haven't liked him. Like I said, this movie just didn't disappoint. He really, really hit it, hit it. And I loved it. Now, uh, what else? In terms of like multiversal stuff coming forward, um, what do you guys think? Like, do you think there's a uh, opportunity? Like, what what opportunities are you looking forward to with them possibly bringing in other characters, like they did with this one? Like with X Men, you mean, or like just any X Men, Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider, like, any property? I like even like Daredevil, The Defenders, anything like that. Well, I I did I did I don't you probably saw this too, but I did see something about how. They're bringing Magneto and Reed Richards, I think, from the older movies. And Cyclops, right? What was that? Is that Cyclops? No. Ooh. What's Cyclops' name? Cyclops. No, Cyclops is uh, Scott. Scott, that's what's um that was his last name. Summers. Yes. Um, but yeah, they're I heard something about them coming into Doctor Strange. Interesting. And then um, the one I heard was Professor X. Interesting. Because uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're just bringing everyone for Doctor Strange. Honestly, like I was saying, I think I said it already earlier in this episode, but like I've been telling a bunch of people, like I would hope there are so many X-Men. I don't think we need to necessarily rehash all the old X-Men again. Like, I don't think you need to recast all of them again. Like, I think mm-hmm. you can just bring some of them in from the multiverse, use them until the actors are done and then move on to other X-Men that we haven't seen on the big screen yet. Like, I think there's just, there's a ton of them. And, and I don't think we have to keep seeing another reboot of Wolverine, another reboot of all these different, not another reboot of Wolverine. Obviously we haven't, we've only had one Wolverine, but which is what I'm hoping. I hope they keep on looking. I hope they, I, I hope they keep Jackman. Um, but like, I don't think we need another Cyclops. I think you can bring in, you know, the young version. Even if you bring in James Marsden, which I don't think they would do, but even if, you, like, I'm, I would hope they would bring in the young version, use him until he's done playing that character, and then move on, because there's so many X Men you can use. The I don't know. The one thing too that I hope they don't continue is, uh, like, I know it's cool to see like Toby and Andrew Garfield, and, like all the villains who originally played them in the original movies, so, like come back and reprise the roles, uh-huh. like. I feel like there's room to grow on some characters, like especially in how expansive like the X-Men universe is and how many X-Men there have been and stuff like that. Like there's guys who are there's actors and actresses who can do a better job than some of the other actors and actresses okay. that have 
played them in the past. So like, while it's cool and like nostalgic to see these people like reprise the roles, I think like you can do that for maybe some of them, but I'd like to see some roles refreshed a little bit. Okay. Interesting. And I feel like, and I feel like for this movie too, it was important to do that because it kind of sets up like, Oh, like this is like all these worlds that were meant to be separate are now in one multiverse. Right. But, it's like everything you know I mean? we did. Sorry. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say like, do you know what I mean? Like, so it's like you had to establish it. Like you bring, you use that like nostalgia factor and like what people know about these separate universes to kind of bring them together. But you can still have it where people are, people can like, I don't know, do more justice to the roles that they're in rather than the people who have played them previously. Right. Like I think Fantastic Four, I don't think you need to, I think you can even no. bring them in for cameos to say, oh, this is this universe. Is but I don't think you need to re like use them in this, in the MCU. I think you can reboot right. them entirely it'll be fine but i do think like with spider-man it was important to get that done because it's he's their biggest character right everybody loves toby a lot of people love andy everybody wanted to see this happen and And that these movies were made before the mcu was established and it was like how do we acknowledge these and like kind of pay homage to these without and like actually make these canon after the fact and I think the way they did it was perfect. And objectively, like the Spider-Man franchises are like highly regarded and highly praised. Like you said, like everybody loves Toby, everybody loves Andy. So like that's a good jumping-off point because like they're all they're all highly regarded. Now I asked who the, everybody's favorite villain was. Uh, who was your favorite Spidey in this? Because I, I've heard a lot of different opinions on this. In this, not overall, just in in this movie. Just, just this one. Um, I, I really liked uh, Andrew's humor in it. Like, a lot of his lines were were just good humor. Like, they're not. It wasn't forced or anything. It was just. It just was funny to me. I, I, I don't know. So I liked Toby, and like what I kind of like, but I did like Andrew. I thought Andrew's great. I liked his humor, and I can't decide. But it's probably one of them. To one of those two. Um, and that could just be because I've seen Tom Holland as Spider-Man a lot in the last few years. And it's been a while since I've seen Tommy McGuire or Andrew Garfield do it. And like, it's just kind of cool and refreshing to see them do it again. But uh, I thought it was very cool. Not necessarily like how they played the character, but how the characters were written, how like they were like jaded from like these experiences they've gone through. And like that made, that like drove them in their individual stories. But now, like, they've had to grow through that. And, like, we haven't seen them grow through it. But, like, since time has passed, since that has happened, since those movies released, like, they have grown through it. And now they're trying to kind of mentor uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man and, like, make sure he doesn't make the same mistakes they did. Like, get as jaded, get as, like, uh, or not get as jaded, but get as, use it in the wrong manner. Like, become angry, become vengeful and stuff like that so i thought that was really cool so i would probably say it was one of them too for that specific reason yeah earlier in the episode jason uh was on he was talking about how toby was kind of like a yoda type figure in this like he was more yeah like like matt like you said like they were both like mentors but like toby kind of took a back seat because he was supposed to be kind of like the like there to guide but like Andrew, I think absolutely killed his performance. I think 
he finally got good writing. I think a lot, like I said before, like Tom Hardy and Andrew Garfield are two guys who are just phenomenal talents that have just been the victims of being in Marvel movies that haven't had the best writing. And now that you put Andrew in a movie with great writing and you let him shine a little bit, like I think he just absolutely excelled. And I think Tom was great as always. Um, and I just think seeing them all together was just a, like a wonderful thing. And I think it kind of put to bed all the, oh, this guy's the best, this guy's the best, this guy's the best, because for like one moment, everybody could just appreciate the fact that they were all in one movie. And Spider-Man's the best. Spider-Man's the best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do either of you have anything else you'd like to add? I got nothing. A uh, couple things, couple things. Uh, one, when when they showed um, Andrew and uh, Toby for the first time, I completely for like I was so like lost in the movie that I forgot they were showing up. So when that <laughs> op- when that opened the portal, I'm like, "What's what's Tom Holland doing in the alley there?" And then all of a sudden, he <laughs> gets closer. I'm like, "That's that's Andrew Garfield." And I was, I was like, I knew they were gonna show up, but like I just like totally forgotten was just shocked that it happened mm-hmm. and awesome. then, yeah and then the second thing um I, I i saw some things some theories about this but and i told matt this when i went over trails the other day but the the mid credit scene with with venom how was he brought into that universe in the first place if so, you know Peter parker I, the way i figured i found this out after you left by the way what me or Ryan? like oh, the re- Ryan because Ryan mentioned it to me the other day. Oh, yeah, and so, I I found out why after the way it so was the way I read it. And Matt, if you read something different, you can say that too. But is that Venom has a hive mind, so he's has like knowledge from all the universes that he exists in. Well, not exists in necessarily, but like Venom. Yeah, Ven- I don't know exactly like, how like, the hive mind works. Because it's like this because like the symbiote. Because like the symbiotes are part of a greater whole, right? Isn't it? Is that like kind of what it is? At least yeah, that was my understanding. Because, because like, and like so, so since since Topher so like Grace's one, Venom knew that Peter Parker was Spider Man, then Tom Hardy's Venom also knows that Peter Parker is Spider Man. Yeah. So like the part that like manifests as Venom is like a part of a greater whole, and like in his respective universes, he has the hive mind that makes him aware i guess was my understanding of it but i could just be wrong and they'll go in a completely different direction with it. i didn't even remember yeah i know that could be totally right they could do something <laughs> else but uh i just like that danny rojas was the bartender uh, yeah. <laughs> but i think i don't know like i didn't even remember that electro knew who he was i, I totally forgot that yeah like, yeah that's something i just thought of like but probably today. it was the 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 way i heard that was goblin told him who peter was but he never got to see peter's face gotcha so that's how there's like you know there's always inconsistencies and stuff and there's always a way to fill the gap there so we'll see how they do it they get paid a lot more money than I do to fill those holes. So, right. And that's what some dudes have said in the past, like Marcus McFeely, I know, and uh, the Russo brothers 
when they were working on, I don't remember if it was Infinity War or Endgame. When, I know they worked on them at the same time, but I, I forget which one they were working on at the time. But they said they enjoy when people write each other into a hole. Like that's what Marvel does. The writers all try to write each other into a hole because that just makes the writing for the next movie that much better. So as long as you're not creating like a paradox for the next person, you know, which which this movie kind of did a little bit. I think there were some things that are too hard to understand that some people are going to have to explain over the course of the next couple movies and stuff. But um, yeah, but when, once you open up like a multiverse like that, it, it gives you like a bit of an out to yeah. kind of explain stuff like you can just be like, oh, it's multiverse. Like, you right. Know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else? I got nothing. All right. Well, thank you both for joining me and finishing up this Sinister Six episode. For me and Jeremy. Did did you have six guests on? Yeah, you guys were five and six. So Uh, like we're the Sinister Six. Matt Foote and Austin were one and two. Um, Jason and Miles were three and four. And then you two are five and six. So we really are the Sinister Six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There you go. Mm -hmm. So... From all of us here at Dabs and Duke, have a happy holidays. Have a happy new year. We will see you in 2022, and we are starting 2022 off with our Hawkeye series finale recap. There's already some stuff I want to talk about with it. First of all, the one thing they tied into Daredevil, not going to say anything more because we'll get to it in that episode. And then, you know, Kingpin wearing that shirt was just a crime against humanity. But other than that, other than that, from all of us here at Dabs and Duke, thank you for joining us. Have a great new year. And, uh, you know, obligatory Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference for the third time today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Peace.